Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Going to be a big one today. Hopefully a full-length show. Um, Once again, apologies to people that uh, were with us yesterday when we got cut short by an internet outage. Uh, I won't even mention the company that was responsible for that. Um, There might be some changes in the future with the WST services. I will just say that. Anyways, that was a bummer. But in a lot of ways, yesterday was almost a day that didn't even happen. Uh, It was a very slow sports day. And then if you had anything going on in the evening, that got canceled as well because of a crazy storm that came through Winnipeg and dropped an arcs load of uh, water on us. Um, So we're just picking it up where we left off and getting back to it with another big day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. So much to get to today. We were uh, looking forward to hearing from Mark Shifley, who is going to speak today at 11 a.m., before competing in the big Manitoba Open. Um, but we got Mark yeah. Shifley before that, and in part of it with that was some big, big news on a media move here in Winnipeg involving our very good friend Sarah Orleski. Um, so coming up on today's show, we will hear from Mark Shifley. I uh, just finished the lock shop. By the way, new episode out, BMW Championship, CFL, talk a little World Junior for tomorrow. Um, that's up wherever you get your favorite podcast, search Lock Shop. And I'll also tell you that tonight, Dustin Nielsen and I will be getting together again for more Lock Shop programming, the first edition of the two-man fantasy football extravaganza. Uh, we've got some big things coming with the Lock Shop heading into September but we figured we couldn't wait any longer to get on the fantasy side of things. So uh, new episode tonight, 8.30 p.m. Winnipeg time, 7.30 in Edmonton, and um, we'll be doing it live. I believe today we're going to be doing it live on Twitter, although we will have a YouTube channel. Not sure how much you missed. Welcome to everyone that came late. Smart move. Wasn't a smooth first five minutes of the program today. But at least despite the audio gremlin showing up and – being part of today's program, we do have internet, which I guess is a plus uh, after everything that happened yesterday. Apologies again to everyone that, uh, that missed the second half of the show. Uh, but Jeff Hamilton is going to join us a little later on uh, this week, I believe tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll have many more uh, conversations on uh, what we heard today from Mark Shifley, although I am looking forward to seeing Mike. I mean, uh, I think what many of us have seen so far, and we'll play for you if you haven't, uh, was Mark Shifley's sort of sit-down interview with Sarah, um, sort of addressing the end of the season, what he had to say uh, at the uh, the final media availability, um, which, I mean, people took for what it was. I mean, it didn't seem like a big endorsement of uh, sticking around with the Winnipeg Jets. However, he certainly sound positive, in great spirits, looking forward to competing with the uh, in the golf tournament and looking forward to getting out uh, last season. And for those of you that did see what show we did here yesterday, um, you know, it was it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I kind of said, you know, listen, Mark Shifley is going to be speaking. And, you know, from from a fan standpoint, I think you want to hear that Mark Shifley was, um, you know, 
in positive spirits first and foremost. I mean, smile on his face, looking forward to getting back at it. Um, and we certainly did hear that. We'll play that for you as well. All right. Um, let's get Remus in here. And I think we are good now. Um, Reem, hello? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I, I updated Windows, screwed up all my settings. I'm trying to come, come on the screen. My camera's all messed up. Okay, well, the <laughs> here I'm here. I just I just can't. Whoa, he's back. I'm fine. I just can't handle everyone in the chat offering suggestions. I knew exactly what was going on. We got it sorted I would, here's, out. Here's here's a suggestion. Here's a pro tip. Don't Much like if you're having a bad game, don't listen to the fans in yeah, the stands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're if you're dealing with an issue, for Christ's sake, don't spend the time looking to see what. All the helping hands from no. our wonderful listeners are telling yeah, you, yeah, just like, get it done and let's go. Yeah, that's And that true. is where we are that. So we're back. Uh, the internet's working. Yeah. Sounds working. All of that. We can erase this majority from the podcast. Uh, but this is going to be a real interesting show uh, because we have finally heard from Mark Shifley. And, and, and then there was much more about a 20-minute conversation with the local assembled media, including Mike McIntyre, and he's going to be jumping on the program a little bit later on today. Hey, just before we get into it, I do want to thank all the sponsors for their support of WST, even on openings like this. Uh, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health, F Apparel, Aikens Lake, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, our friends at Boston Pizza, Princess Auto, Nick and Nicky DQ, Assiniboia Downs Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada. If you missed that earlier, New Lock Shop is out. New Lock Shop available wherever you get your favorite podcast. Search Lock Shop. And tonight, 8.30 p.m. Winnipeg time, live on, you, live on Twitter for you fantasy football fans. Dustin and I getting together for a new uh, venture in the lock shop, the fantasy football extravaganza, something Dusty's done on his own for a number of years. We're teaming up for a new episode tonight. Um, but Remo, I know with everything happening around uh, the Bombers being on the bye week, it was a perfect time to hear from Mark Shifley. It is uh, a topic we've been talking about for really for months since the end of the season. It's a rather infamous parting, <laughs> parting interview by Mark Shifley. And, um, I guess it was not a surprise that Sarah Orleski's first order of business was to uh, to address that. But listen, before we even get to Shifley, let's talk about the big news of Sarah leaving TSN and joining True North Sports and Entertainment. Congratulations to her on uh, the career move. Obviously, it made sense for her to do. And listen, congratulations to True North Sports and Entertainment. I think that's a coup to get someone as beloved and as respected as Sarah working in-house. Um what uh, what did you think when you heard the news? My first thought was, you know, after we saw what happened yesterday to legendary Canadian uh, broadcaster Lisa Laflemme, I was very happy that Sarah is able to go out on her own terms and is going to um I'm very excited for her because I think what we saw yesterday, you know, she's we'll get we'll get into, you know, doing a a video, but I was happy for that, but I'm also pumped to see what um she's going to bring to the Jets TV coverage. Um, you know, I, just, I read the release. She's going to be involved in post-game. On the Winnipeg Jets broadcast right now, there is zero post-game coverage. Zero. None. The game ends, and they go to Sports Center. And I think it's a complete disservice to the fans. I watch a lot of broadcasts from all sports around the league. 
And so I'm excited to see what she's going to do there. And she did stuff like the Mark Shifley interview. So um, I think that's very exciting. Now for the Jets broadcast, I mean, they got some big, you know, talk about the Jets losing Cop and Stasny and not replacing them. The Jets just lost Dennis, who is like... TSN. TSN. Or sorry, Jets, sorry, yeah. not TSN. It's Jets broadcast. So TSN lost Dennis as play-by-play. And now Sarah. I mean, these are like... This is like the Flames losing, what, Goudreau and, and Kachuk. <laughs> Goudreau so, and Kachuk. So, Dennis uh, and Sarah. So, out. <laughs> so they're out. So TSN's got to find Jonathan Huberto to come in and replace Dennis. And I don't know how they're going to replace um, Sarah. So I'm not sure how these broadcasts are going to go. You know, you developed such a relationship with them over the last 10 years. And now it's completely changing. We're not really sure what the team is going to be like. Now, if the team wins, I don't think the broadcaster will matter as much. But I think a lot of people had relationships and there's going to be an adjustment period to start. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned uh, about how the broadcast is going to go, especially now that it's mid-August. We have no news. People are asking every day, who's the play-by-play voice? People want to know this information and we don't have it. Yeah, well, people want to know, but I mean... Like, does it matter? Are they gonna? Are they deciding whether to renew their cable package in the next month based on who the play-by-play voice of the? I mean, listen, if you're a Jets fan, you're gonna watch the games, and unfortunately, I think that's sort of the way TSN has treated it at times. Um, hey, Jet fans are gonna be there for, it, and that's part of the reason why a lot of the things that many other broadcasts have part of haven't been there. Um. You know, I'm not sure that there's going to be a pregame show this year. I mean, I think with the loss of Sarah, that really impacts the ability to go on in uh, advance. And that's not a benefit to the fans. But if the Jets themselves can, you know, do a better job or I shouldn't say do a better job, but do more content and more things involving Sarah, I think fans will be there for it. Um you know, it'll be interesting. We'll get her on when we can to to talk about the move on the the perspective of it. Um, but you're you're definitely right, Remo. Yesterday of all days, to have Sarah be able to make that decision on her own volition. By the way, we will see her a couple more times on TSN. Final day, and what a great way to have Sarah send off will be working for the CFL on TSN in the banjo bowl. And um, that obviously is a huge event, and I can't think of a better way uh, to conclude her amazing work on TSN, especially with the CFL, um, than with the biggest game of the year in the Canadian Football League, certainly here in Winnipeg, where she makes her home uh, in the Banjo Bowl. So first things first, congratulations to Sarah. Um, uh, uh, Hopefully it's an exciting and prosperous move for her. And as far as for the folks at TSN, um, big shoes to fill. Um, I have heard some interesting stuff about what, what might be to come. And we'll see. As I said, I heard about this last week too, and I'm not an insider. And you know what? This is when you're talking about professional moves. Um, these are the, this is the sort of information that I think it's up to those people or the new employer to let out. So here it is. And um, you know, the fact that it is happening, Sarah Orleski going into Winnipeg uh, Jets, I, I think honestly will be great for Jet fans. Um, because to be honest, there was only so much that we would get of Sarah on TSN working with a bunch of other things. And if she's completely devoted to the Winnipeg Jets covering this team, content, storytelling, all that, I think that'll work out well. But yes, you are definitely right, Reem. As far as TSN goes, who will replace Sarah is a big question. And the biggest question, of course, is who is going to be the guy calling goals from the likes of Mark Shifley next year? in the play-by-play booth, filling the massive size 22s of one Dennis Bayak. 
Yeah, I do want to clarify. At the end of the release, it does say that through a partnership with TSN, Orleski will continue to make regular appearances during Jets on TSN broadcast, bringing insider insights and features. So I'm thinking that's more like the, you know, the content that they show on the intermission rather than the interviews that she did in the pre. I don't I mean, I don't know what's going to be. We'll have to talk with her. So that's like a good question. Well, and you know what? Thank God for that, because. I mean, and that was one of the things that, I mean, we often talked about. We don't sit around here and complain, but I think everyone, you know, if you're watching a game with a bunch of friends and they go to, you know, an eight-minute, um, you know, as good as the content that some of the content creators within True North are, um, you know, seeing the Moose Winter Carnival for eight minutes in the middle of a second and third period of an important game where they're not talking as much about the game, I think there's some room for improvement, shall we say. So getting someone like Sarah on board, I think, is a, is a big, big win for the Jets and their fans and a big loss for TSN. Um, but, of course, she's going to be here, and I'd imagine we'll be seeing much more of Sarah Leski going forward. I'm not sure whether Sarah will be in, in a Weeb's World position. She's always been the one asking the questions, or um, maybe she'll be the one teaming up with whoever the TSN person, or maybe she sort of does that for the TSN broadcast on home ice. A lot of questions going forward, but the bottom line is Sarah seems to be really happy about the move, and uh, I guess the move was publicized today because there was sort of an important conversation that needed to be had, and um, you know, this is sort of PR 101 and getting ahead of things. Before Mark Shifley talked to any of the media, he had a uh, a sit-down with Sarah Orleski that reminded a lot of people about a certain sit-down with a captain of the Winnipeg Jets a couple of years ago. Yeah, we've actually been talking about, um, do you know, which player would be doing a sit-down with Sarah to kind of clear the air. And I don't know if we had Mark Shifley on the bingo card or Wheeler again this year. And it was a couple of years ago. Was it after the 2019 season where he yep. did the sit-down with Sarah? Yeah, that was the legendary leader where interview, as it's known. The, where he did the legendary leader interview and, you know, kind of said, you know, maybe I, I think the synopsis of that was, you know, maybe I'm a bit too competitive at times, but I just really want to win. Is that what it was, if I recall? Anyways, Mark Shifley, we all remember the comments. I have them. I have them here. We can play. the. Let's play the first club and then we can revisit last year. But. You know, we tweeted out, or I put it on Instagram Reel, his comments from last, you know, at the end of the season, like 40,000 views. It was like extremely viral. Everyone was talking about it. So, well, it was. And I mean, it wasn't just here in this market. And, yeah, you know, it sort of makes this next little bit maybe, I mean, somewhat funny. As I said, before we get into this, and I'm not going to, like, I, I, yesterday, anyone that saw the abbreviated show heard what I said about Mark today i mean let's face it what's done is done whatever happens today needs to be about moving forward and um you know you hope that it gives fans a good feeling like when your star player leaves in that fashion and you don't hear anything and there's not a lot of changes fans are still sort of feeling that way so it was incredibly important for mark shifley to come out to show himself in a very different light than he did at the end of last season the proof's going to be in the pudding once we get to the get to the regular season and see the way he and the team plays and his level of engagement. But for right now, for kind of trying to get this thing going in a positive direction, assuming that he's going to be part of this team, something like today, I think, was very, very important. Now, um, you guys can be for the judge. For those of you that are in, in with us in the chat, would love to hear your comments on this. Um, but 
Sarah Orleski and uh, interviewed Mark Shifley. It came out earlier this morning on the Winnipeg Jets uh, YouTube channel and their um, um, and their um, well, basically social channels and whatnot. And it was very interesting. If you go to their YouTube, it very clearly says Mark Shifley addresses comments at the end of the year. That's the title of it. So it was pretty clear what the purpose of this was. So uh, here is Sarah Orleski from earlier today in her first role as official member of True North Sports and Entertainment and the Winnipeg Jets interviewing Mark Shifley. And um, it started off uh, the only place you really could start off talking about how things ended last year. I didn't know if based on your final media availability, whether or not Can I hear this? we would see you back here as part of the Winnipeg Jets. He certainly um, you know, created a lot of headlines with your comments. Hey, can were you, put you the confident volume up? that you were always going to be back as a Jet? I, well, I was until I you know, saw the, the, the media disaster that came from it. I like, you know, when I was when I was saying my comments, it was it was kind of strange how so many people took it in such a different way. You know, first of all, I started I started off the I started off the question that I was asked by saying I love it here. You know, I've been here for 10 years. It's been an amazing community. It's been amazing to me. And I want to be a Winnipeg Jet. And then everyone seemed to to just start recording after I said that. So, it's kind of one of those one of those things that I was confident I was going to be around. I I, I knew there was going to be some hard questions to be asked on on my part too to management in terms of you know the direction of the team and I know I know a lot of the guys were you know kind of all in the same boat you know the last couple of years haven't gone as planned especially last year and um, you know I was, I was confident I was coming back until I saw all those all the media headlines and then all of a sudden it's you know I'm getting traded and you know who knows where I'm going and all, all that stuff so it was kind of one of those the way the media takes things but you know that's life you know I was probably I was probably a little too honest um, you know, than I usually am. I'm usually just the cliche monster when it comes to the media, but you know, I'm a guy that you know loves to talk hockey, and you know that's kind of what I wanted to you know you know get some answers in is is to talk hockey with with management and see what's happening. It's something that I think about each and every day, and you know, I was I was confident I was coming back literally until those until the the headlines started. This was not a media created thing, as much as Mark might try to say. Oh, the media just took it and ran with it. Anybody. That was paying attention to that and we do it here each and every day and we hear from fans um and it wasn't just fans here i mean the overdrive guys were saying it i mean if you talk anyone that was paying attention basically was like what the hell was that um and you know for obvious reasons this sort of has been boiling over although um you know maybe mark owes uh Blake and PLD a dinner when they get together because it certainly changed what the focus was of the Jets offseason very quickly a few weeks in when um, everything happened over the last little bit, Reem. But um, uh, I guess you can always blame the media if uh, that's always one of the great outs in the world of sports. Yeah, I mean, he went with the blaming the media. Everyone hates that stupid media, huh? They're creating <laughs> stories out of nothing. How dare they? Um, I mean, it sounds like he's kind of laughing it off and look, we can play the clip from last year. I didn't think this was a media creation. Seemed like a guy who was very upset and I guess he should have been based on how the season went and he gave, he did. Let's just play the clip before. Yeah. I, I yeah. Talk. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I think this is probably the last time we'll ever play this, but it's just important context to people haven't seen this and wonder what we're talking about, why they're doing this. Um, 
this is the way the season ended last year for Mark Shifley. And uh, a lot of people were wondering about his future in Winnipeg. You know, obviously I, I love it here. You know, it's been the only place I know. Uh, you know, I obviously think there's a lot of, a lot of big questions to be asked this off season, um, you know, about where the team's going and, and what's all going to happen. And that'll, you know, happen, happen tomorrow. And, you know, I'd love to be in Winnipeg, but, you know, I also have to see where this is all going and what, where, what direction this team's going in. And I guess we'll see this summer. All right. So, um, that was, uh, that was how things ended. Certainly, uh, Shifes in a much better, better frame of mind, excited to get out in golf and excited to get out. And here's the first thing I'll say this, Raymond, we can laugh about, you know, making it, trying to frame it as some sort of media created story, which I think everyone agrees it wasn't. Uh, and there was far more to it. I mean, this wasn't just an interview. It was the not playing at the end of the season after being injured. It was the, um, it was the stark contrast to what he had to say as opposed to pretty much everyone else. But again, what's done is done. It's in the past. If he's a member of the Winnipeg Jets, you want Mark Shifley to be in the headspace that he seemed to be today when he was speaking with Sarah. And we'll find out a little bit more about uh, how he handled, um, you know, some other questions from uh, the assembled media like Mike later on in the program. Yeah, and you hear it from him. He did say he loves Winnipeg. He does say it's the organization he's ever known. But then he adds in the but. And the but, I want to see where this is going. And the but, I have to talk to my agent and my family. So, again, I don't think this was a media uh, creation at all. Um, I think we were... But I do think he was a guy who's frustrated. And judging from this interview, he seems like... Um, seems like he's kind of over it and ready for next season. Um, but I, I know he, I think he said all the right things, you know, and you're comparing this to the Dubois, you know, interview press conference or a Zoom call from a couple of weeks ago where we had a record number of people in here where he said um, where they just asked him over and over again, you know, can you see yourself being in Winnipeg long term? And he danced around the question and wouldn't even say that he would consider <laughs> yeah. a long term. Like, how hard is it to say that you would consider? So I thought Trafley, you know, he's. This was very, very well done. Um, you know what? And, and listen, there was a lot more. We're going to get to it right away. I mean, just it, Mike's going to come on in a few minutes. Just before we do that, we got much more from Mark Shifley. Um, I do want to thank our friends over at Wallace and Wallace for their support of uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great night sponsoring Bark at the Park with the fish on the weekend. Hey, they're not only the fencing specialists, but they also work with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. And despite the supply chain issues the industry has been having, you can still get a beautiful new garage door delivered and installed within four weeks, just in time for back to school, hockey tryouts, dance recitals, uh, all the hustle and bustle that keeps that garage door going up and down all day long. And hey, speaking of doors, did you know a garage door can add up to 4% to the value of your home? With 161 styles to choose from, there's a style that's right for your home. Visit them at wallacedoors.com. Give them a call or visit their showroom on Lawson Road. And listen, while you might want to make the garage look better with the new door, um, you could do the same thing for yourself and get ready for fall and the upcoming winter with the beautiful new custom suit from the guys at F Apparel, the leaders in custom men's apparel in Winnipeg. Certainly you've seen some of those Sweet looks that the Jets have been wearing on their trips down the hallway at the Canada Life Center. It's reckoned to say most of those are from F Apparel. 
Uh, custom suits starting at 400 bucks and a great deal right now for the summer. Three custom shirts for just $210. Um, they've got all the accessories. And listen, if you guys are planning a wedding for next summer or at any point, talk to them about a great deal where instead of wasting your money renting for a weekend, get the fellas down there, get suited up. You'll get custom suits with a 15% discount for everybody in the uh, in the wedding party. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown, and online at F, that's E-P-H-Apparel.com. Uh, Vita Health having a great summer. Popped in there earlier uh, last week and uh, picked up a, a delicious sandwich and soup at their uh, grab-and-go deli. Uh, but there's so much more at Vita Health as uh, they really are stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices with the knowledgeable staff that will help you get exactly what you need. With barbecue season here, check out their lean buys and steaks, buy some burgers, chicken, hot dogs, burgers, and more, and some great options for entertaining including non-alcoholic beverages like Sober Carpenter Beer and Clever Mocktails. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. You can also check out their online uh, website with full ordering capability for online store pickup at myvita.ca. And, uh, oh, man, saw a couple monsters coming out of Aikens Lake on the weekend, already counting down to get back there next summer. You're thinking about a one uh, once in a lifetime world class fishing trip. Well, hopefully not once in a lifetime. You could do it every year if you wanted. Friends and family, a corporate event. Book now, filling up for next season. Akenslake.com is the spot, or hit up our friend Pitt Turan on Twitter at Akins Lake. All right, let's get back to more Mark Shifley. Uh, because uh, you know, first things first, right out of the gate, was asked about the comments of last season. Um, but I mean, last season was somewhat rough and Shifley, uh, was asked by Sarah if he's done any self-reflection this off season. That's every year. And especially, you know, after a year that doesn't go the way you want it to, you know, it was a, it was a strange year, you know, started with COVID and, you know, suspended great game one. It was one of those, you know, adversity years that, you know, I definitely, definitely could have handled probably things a little better. And, you know, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't. You know, super happy with my year. There were spurts where I really liked my game, and there were spurts where I really didn't like my game. And that's and that that's usually a regular season. But you know, that was kind of the that was kind of I think the team in general. You know, there's um, there's times we liked our game, and there's times we really didn't like our game. And um, you know, the bad times just kind of outweighed the the good times there. So um, you know, but I'd say I'd say you know for for having a tough year, you know, I, I felt really really lucky and blessed to have you know a lot of really good teammates around me and a lot of good friends that. You know, I think it's only going to make our team better off from it. All right. So Mark Shifley talking about a little bit of a self-reflection in the offseason. And, you know, I don't know about you, Reem. I mean, so much of last year sort of seemed like a hangover over the last couple seasons when things sort of seemed to go rotten on the team in the 2018-19 season. And then the pandemic, um, you know, with the no fans, everything was so strange. I mean, until you sort of got back to with fans... Um, you know, playing normal sort of things. It, it seemed like many of those issues that had cropped up around the team, um, you know, it sort of came out last season. And obviously, Paul Maurice decided to leave. Um, that was a shock for everyone involved with the hockey club. Dave Lowry came on. And listen, I didn't think Mark's a big part of this, but I don't think some players um, really bought into what Dave Lowry was selling. Um, and that really deep six this season. Um, but with Rick Bonus on, 
And I think this is a big part of the reason why Rick Bonus was hired. Not only his incredible experience that he has as a head coach, but also the positive aura that he brings around. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, much like Sarah as well, this organization, top to bottom, True North in the office, the Winnipeg Jets on the ice, Winnipeg Jets in the media, I think needed a big dose of positivity. And I really think Rick Bonus has been, it is that. We're certainly hearing that from some of the players, and we heard it when he joined us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, but Sarah asked him about conversations with the new head coach, meeting Rick Bonus, and um, what those have been like. I would say not as much, you know, you know, X's and O's or, or systems, you know, a little more, you know, team aspect type stuff. Um, but he, you know, he seems like a fantastic guy. You know, I, I've heard from, you know, pretty much everyone in the hockey world how amazing of a human being he is. He's a great guy. He's a great communicator. And he's been that with me. You know, he's, he's communicated a lot with me in terms of asking questions about, about just little nuances of, you know, at the practice rink or at the game rink or morning skates or whatever that stuff is. Um, you know, I'm definitely very excited to, to, to hear what he has to say hockey-wise. You know, like like I said before, I, lo- I love to talk hockey. Like, <laughs> unless I'm unless I'm on the golf course, yeah, that's my that's my therapy time uh, where hockey goes off my mind and all I think about is golf. But as soon as I get off the golf course, there's 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 usually a, a thought about hockey and, and and stuff like that. So I'm excited to talk to talk to him about you know what the plan in terms of system is and and line combinations and power play and penalty kill and, and all that stuff and and get his sense and give him my give him my two cents and I, I'm really really excited to to see how the how the conversations evolve um, you know going into training camp. All right, so uh, there's a little bit more of Mark Scheifele from uh, the piece that the Jets put out today in advance of him meeting with the media uh, in advance of him participating in the Manitoba Open, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, a little bit later on this week. Um, you know, there was... Listen, I think there was a lot of wondering, uh, especially, I mean, with... You, know, you had Mark Scheifele and Adam Lowry up there together last year. And, I mean, Adam Lowry, I think many people would, un- would understand if... Um, you know, he wasn't entirely pleased with the way things went, considering, and it was a very bizarre situation with his dad being the interim coach. But I mean, his dad, a guy with a thousand games in the NHL, guy that's done so much coaching. I mean, this was an incredible opportunity for him that did not go well. And then the stark contrast between what Scheif had to say and basically most other players on the team at the end of the year, I think there was some wondering as to, you know, where Mark was with the rest of his teammates. And it's pretty clear through this conversation with Sarah that. Um, if you were worrying about that, you shouldn't. Um, Shife talked a little about off-season training as well as hooking up with a number of his teammates over the course of the last few months. Jamo probably the most. I was in Calgary for a lot of the summer. So I've skated with him a bunch. I've skated, skated with Adam Lowry a couple times when we were in Calgary. Um, so I got to skate with Cole Perfetti actually a couple times, and he's he's feeling great um, You know, off his, off his uh, back injury. Skated with KC and Heli. We, uh, we, did, we did Heli's uh, goalie skate. Uh, the one day and just got to rip rip on him for for like an hour and a half. It was it was amazing. It was the greatest thing ever. It was me me Cole Copper and uh, and KC. So um, will he say it was the greatest thing ever? He actually was he, he was he was he was he was awesome. Like he it was a it was it wasn't that hard on us, but it was really hard on him. And he was he was battling, and it was it was actually like a I've never really done a goalie skate with him before, and he he's always talked about about these. Uh, Randy Wilson uh, goalie skates. So I finally got to take part in one of them, and it was it was actually super fun. I'll, I'll probably do it towards the end of the summer. I'll probably get to do a few more. So it's been nice to see a lot of the boys 
Um, you know, golf with some of the guys. You know, saw saw a bunch of the guys at, at uh, Josh's wedding, which was nice too. So, it's been uh, it's been a good summer so far. All right, so um, you know, there's Shife talking about uh, you know being on the uh, on the ice with a number of his teammates, including Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, of course, uh, you know, weddings uh, of teammates as well, and then the goalie skate, which I'd love to know more about. Originally, when he said the goalie skate, I was thinking that they all put on goalie equipment and did a bunch of skating, but I imagine that is uh, that is a poor interpretation of what he meant by that, Reem. I think <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> which what I would meant. love to see. That would be amazing. I didn't know what he meant by it. it. Sounds like a goalie skate is when the goalie goes out and you just stand in one spot and rip shots the whole time and you don't actually skate and the goalie is the one that skates and you just get to tee off. Isn't that is that what it is? <laughs> we'll find out more. We'll find out more. Maybe Mike knows when he joins us in a few minutes. Uh, in a few minutes here on the program, um, we do have one more clip. Uh, from Mark Shifley from the piece with Sarah Orleski that the Jets put out earlier today in her first act as a True North employee. Uh, and this is uh, Mark Shifley just on the upcoming season. Forget about what's in the past. Let's look ahead to 2022-2023 for the Winnipeg Jets. I think I'm just really interested in, you know, you know, I've been with, you know, pretty much the same coaching, coaching staff for my entire career. So, you know, it does seem like a little bit of a fresh start. We have new coaches. We have... Um, we have some new, new there's obviously going to be some new ideas and, you know, obviously a lot of the same players, but, you know, I've loved our group of guys. You know, we have, we have a lot of, a lot of fantastic guys on our team. A lot of guys that, um, that I think are, you know, from talking to them, they're just as excited as, as I am about, about this upcoming season and, and what it's going to hold and how, how things are going to change and how, and I think that's what everyone kind of wanted. Everyone kind of wanted to see a little bit of change. You know, we needed to see some new things. We needed to, we, we want an idea of where the team's going and, and, and what our team is going to look like. And, you know, it'll it get more and more interesting as the, as the, as it gets closer to training camp. All right, there is uh, Mark Shifley. By the way, Robert Sutton, thank you very much for the super chat. It always seems when things screw up at the start, people support us so well. I'll get it nineteen nineteen over to Reem after the program. Uh, but much like Mark Shifley, we're not thinking about the past. We're looking at the future. We're excited. We're upbeat. And um, that's certainly the way he sounded earlier today. Um, and there was another one. I think it was B. Henderson earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, Reem. And uh, thanks again to uh, to everyone um, for their support, whether it's uh, through being a member with the uh, the microphones and the green spot at two bucks a month or the people that drop in super chats. Always, uh, always appreciate that here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, yeah, for sure. A couple things, uh, you know, you wanted to point out here, just takeaways from this Mark Shafley. So he gets along with all the guys, spent time with J-Mo. That's Josh Morrissey, if you're keeping track of the Jets' nicknames. J-Mo, Josh Morrissey. And then... Uh, Adam Lowry, Shafley was in Calgary. He trained with Connor and Hellbuck. He did have a little, he casually dropped this, and I don't know if this was out there. It wasn't. That Cole Perfetti is feeling good from his back injury. I thought it was, weren't we under the pressure? It was a shoulder injury or, well, we, or uh, upper body? Did we I even mean, know? I never said, well, I mean, I guess your back is still upper body. I mean, what the hell does that tell anyone other than it's not their legs? Um, I mean, he got smoked by Jamie Alexiak. And, you know, and basically in that game against the Kraken and did not return. And uh, my take just from looking at it was exactly thinking it was a shoulder, um, potentially, you know, maybe a bad collarbone break or something, which would 
be bad. I mean, those are the things that can get re-injured and you do worry. Um, listen, as someone that's had back problems myself, very serious ones, I mean, would never wish on anyone. Um, it certainly didn't seem like, you know, that and those are so difficult to both identify uh, but also come back from. So I would imagine that with this out, Cole Perfetti will kind of let us know a little bit more uh, about, you know, how he's feeling coming into training camp. He's, of course, not playing with Team Canada right now at the World Junior Championships, although would have been eligible if he and the team wanted to have him there. Um, but the bottom line is, much like everything, looking forward, the fact that he was out on the ice skating with Mark and the guys, I think a uh, very, very good news for both the player and the team. Yeah, I think so. And I like to hear his excitement about the new coaching staff. And he's right. They, he's pretty much played against, you know, the one or played for the one coaching staff, uh, Paul Maurice, you know, maybe a bit with Noel early on. But I think a lot of the assistants has been the same. Charlie Huddy had been around since since the beginning. Um, and so I do wonder, will we see a new you know, defensive structure? How, you know, what kind of attention to details? Mm-hmm. What we see from the players now, as far as running it back, I, you know, you're you still haven't replaced Cop and Stasny, and so I don't think you look at this team now. I don't know how you can say that they're better and like running it back is the right thing to do now. It's August 16. We're a month away from the young stars. I do think there's moves we made. There's some you know players that are capable that haven't signed. So I'm not gonna put my stamp on on the Jets roster, but. You look at this team now, and you know we said Mark Shafey's line at the end of the season. I want to see how this is going. Well, they haven't really, they haven't really changed any. They haven't added anyone. It's the same team, and they had a they had a poor year last year. Sorry, it's not the same team. It's actually less because you lost Cop and and Stasny. So maybe Appleton, you know, steps up, but you need to replace Stasny, and he hasn't even signed anywhere either. So. I mean, we're yeah, kind of well, neither is Nazan Cat. Like I can tell you right now, folks, if you think that this is 100 percent the way the team is going to be, I'm pretty sure that Nazem Kadri is going to play in the NHL this year. I think Paul Stastny is going to be in the NHL somewhere this year. I think there's a ton of players that don't have deals right now that are waiting for things to shake up that are going to be in and around. So um, let's not assume that this is the finished product. Would we love to have some more clarity as to where things going? Uh, with the team in the off season, absolutely. Um, but I think that it's a very strange market right now, and certainly a situation that the Jets are in with limited cap space. But they do have some cap space. Um, the pressure is coming on teams to get under the cap, and you know I think the best case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets would be Kevin Sheveldayoff doing what he's always been, and that's been one of the most patient general managers around waiting out and getting absolutely max value, not necessarily for any players leaving, but for the cap space that they have the ability to take on from other teams right now. So we'll get to all that with Mike coming up in a few minutes here on the program. Um, Listen, while we wait for Mike uh, to jump in, uh, let me give a big shout out to our friends at Culligan Water, the water experts in Winnipeg for over 65 years. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services as well, and commercial industrial water products and solutions. Whether you need it for the home, the cottage, or your office, Culligan has everything you need. Give them a call at 694-5180. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. 
Uh, the gang at Royal Sports are ready for NFL season and so much more. Well, I guess I'm thinking NFL season because, of course, we're going to be doing the first fantasy football extravaganza with the lock shop and myself and Dusty tonight. But hockey season is just around the corner, and everyone knows that Royal Sports is the hockey superstore in Winnipeg. Get ready for the upcoming season at 750 Pembina Highway. Check out the best selection of licensed merchandise around. But if you're trying to squeeze a little bit more out of summer, don't forget an amazing bike selection, soccer, baseball, softball, and so much more. Disc golf, fitness, kicks, and uh, for you back-to-schoolers or uh, people that have kids, Get on over on the uh, other side of the program of the store over at the King Skate Snow and Surfside with the coolest streetwear uh, over at Royal Sports. Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram as well for, uh, well, give them a follow for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, not Autocorp, our friends at Not. Great sponsors, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but we have no bomber talk this week or not very much because they're, of course, on the buy uh, but we'll look forward to the 25th of August when the Bombers are back in town and the next home game. But before then, at any point, if you're thinking about a new vehicle, start your search with the experts at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Pop down and see them, Waverly and McGilvery, or check out everything they've got going online at Not.ca. And hey, Robert Sutton gave us the super chat said go get a couple 1919s i will tell you what uh september 1st folks save the date uh hopefully tomorrow i'll have ticket information we are doing a special sports trivia night hosted by yours truly with our friends at little brown jug on thursday september the first so um it's going to be great will be limited seating i mean the tickets will essentially just be confirming attendance um the cost essentially will be of your first pint um but we do want to make sure that we can fill it and make sure we've got room for all the WSTers out there. So stay tuned to my social media channels, Winnipeg Sports Talk social channels, as well as this program for more information on that. All right. So we heard from Mark Shifley speaking with Sarah Orleski. He then met the media a little later on at Southwood before the tournament. And uh, Mike McIntyre joins us now from the Winnipeg Free Press. Fresh off filing his story. Mike, what's up, man? Thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm doing great, Huss. It's uh, doing great. It's good to talk uh, good to talk some hockey and have something a little substantial to sink our teeth into, given that it's been a pretty slow summer on the, the news front lately for the Jets. Uh, Mark Shifley meeting the media for the first time since his uh, exit interview way back in, I guess, early May, uh, where he certainly made headlines with kind of what he said and what he didn't say. Uh I think we were all anxious to to hear from 55 today. Uh, I'm not sure if what he said will uh, will maybe put concerns or unease to rest, but it was an interesting uh, 20-minute or so chat we had with him. Hey, well, listen, we're going to get to that because we've just finished chopping up and uh, listening to what he had to say uh, with Sarah Orleski earlier. But just before we get to that, how about the news that Sarah's gone from TSN and the TSN broadcast and joining uh, TNSE? Yeah, that was an interesting move and, you know, kind of following what we saw the Bombers do with a guy like Ed Tate, right? Uh, getting a, an experienced seasoned journalist, someone who knows the team inside out. And look, it's become kind of a trend, I think, with with big league sports operations around, you know, the league and various leagues where um, they're trying to 
almost become their own media in in a way. And the Jets are no different. I mean, they've built a, a department there, but obviously to bring someone of Sarah's caliber in, you know, they will want to, you know, produce uh, their own content, be kind of a, a one-stop shop for fans. Um, yeah, I think it's important. And as somebody who works obviously in the mainstream media, we would cover the team a little differently than the team itself covers the team. And I'd like to think that uh, that fans are discerning in terms of their, the, you know, what they consume. They maybe what they get from the team. You, you, you realize that uh, there may be certain slants on on the way certain stories are presented. And, uh, you know, an example might be the Mark Shifley situation. Um, you know, how a team might present a story versus an independent media outlet might look a little different. But, I mean, we all know Sarah great human being great journalist obviously and uh, and good for her it's a big loss certainly for TSN and um you know you look at the 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 football side of things the CFL and the great work Sarah has done for TSN I mean they've taken a couple hits over there at at the sports network obviously guy like Chris Cuthbert leaving you know the the broadcast role um that he was so accustomed to and to lose someone of Sarah's caliber but you know, their loss is TNSE's gain, and uh, and she'll be a great addition for the organization. Well, I mean, it, there was, of course, many comparisons for what they put out earlier today to the uh, <clears throat> the legendary leader interview, Blake Wheeler, that the sit down a couple years ago right. to try to get things off on the path on a, on a much better um, better foot, if you will. And I think, you know, just putting the fan hat on for a second, I mean, Mark said the things that you wanted to hear. I mean, he seemed to be upbeat. He seemed to be excited about the next season. I mean, all of the brooding or whatever, however you wanted to describe what happened last year was sort of gone. And I think that was the number one thing you had to have. But let me ask you this, Mike, before we get into what you and the assembled media heard, how different was the 20 minutes at Southwood as opposed to what the Jets cranked out earlier this morning in advance of him meeting the media for the first time since what happened at the end of the season? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there were some pointed questions asked uh, of Mark Shifley today. And, you know, I, he essentially in, in the interview with Sarah, like a, a lot of the he seems to try to chalk it up to a misunderstanding or perhaps the media. The media, well, for sure. We had a lot right. about that earlier. You know, which, again, I, I think we have to look at what his words were exactly um, and, you know, leave it up to, I guess, people to interpret whether we misinterpreted. I mean, when he came out and said, I have to know where this team is going, what the direction is, what the changes are going to be, if any, I have to think about my career and what's going to be best for me. Those are going to be talks with my agents and everyone in family and stuff and figure out what I really want. So it will be a tough talk. And that was before he met with Kevin Shoveldayoff. I mean, again, I, I suppose one could say you could twist those words certain ways. I, I think if you just present them as they were, were said, as they were uttered by Mark mm -hmm. Shifley, I mean, you know, combine that with the body language and the tone. Uh, there was enough out of that year ender to raise serious concerns about his future. And don't forget, this isn't a guy who's locked up for another six, seven years, you know, like Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. This is a guy who's a UFA in two years. So those words combined with his contractual status and how last season played out on the ice for him, I don't think they were twisted. I, I think we got a real good sense of what Mark Shifley was really feeling. Now, 
time heals all wounds. We've heard that expression before. Obviously, a lot of time has now passed. Mark Scheifele had to sit down with Kevin Sheveldayoff. It's my understanding, Huss, there's been a number of conversations between Jets Brass and Mark Scheifele this summer. It wasn't just one. There's been a number of talks, um, and call them what you will, you know, summits, feather unruffling sessions, whatever. (laughs) Um, I'm not surprised, you know, given that Mark Scheifele is still a Winnipeg Jet, um, that the attempt is being made now, in some ways, I would suggest, to kind of rewrite history a little bit. Um, But I think for the betterment of the team, to kind of, you know, have the right tone heading into camp, I'm not surprised at all. But, you know, I think some of those words that Mark Scheifele uttered, I mean, I know for me me personally today, Haas, I kind of threw it right back at him. I said, you know, you talked about um, what kind of changes are going to be made. And yeah, there's been changes behind the bench. But if you look at the roster, there's been really no changes to a roster that wasn't good enough last year. Are you surprised? And uh, I don't know if you've heard the audio, but Mark Scheifele's answer to my question was to ask me a question. He said, well, would you would you have liked us to make a bunch of trades and free agent signings? Which I said, well, I'm asking you, Mark. Um, I mean, I don't play for the Winnipeg Jets, and you're kind of the one that made it sound like you were waiting to see what moves are going to be made, and there really haven't been any. And that's when Mark Shifley, again, I think some revisionist history here, brought it out a line that we've heard from a number of players, and that is that, well, if you go back to a year ago, this roster was supposed to be a Stanley Cup favorite. Look, I like what the Jets did last summer and how they look going into camp. I certainly didn't declare them a Stanley Cup favorite, and I don't know many who did. To hear Mark Scheifele talk today, this was a team ready to be anointed uh, a year ago. And so he seemed to kind of suggest that, well, maybe running it back isn't the worst thing uh, under new coaching, under new leadership, because we were supposed to be good enough a year ago. Um, I'd also want to point out, though, Huss, the Jets had Andrew Kopp and Paul Stasny in their top nine, at least, a year ago. They don't have either of those guys going into this year. They also had Eric Comrie as their backup. They got David Riddich now. Are they are they even as good as they were a year ago when they weren't good enough as the season played out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let folks debate that. But, you know, some interesting chat. But again, I think it's all about damage control setting the right tone for the coming season and trying to put the water under the bridge, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, certainly that was the tone of everything that we heard with Sarah and um, you know, I like the way she started off. Cause I mean, there was no other way you couldn't go anywhere else other than talk about the way things ended and what he had right. to say. And the fact that we hadn't heard from him at all. Um, but Mike um, and you know what, maybe I'm the one that should be talking about this because I certainly am more of a fan than uh, the big J uh, journos that uh, cover the team like yourself. Um, but I mean, every fan that I talk to, I mean, our chat room, I mean, the people that are the biggest supporters of the Winnipeg Jets that have been Mark Shifley's biggest supporters for a long time. I think both with what happened on the ice, but more so than anything, the way he sounded at the end of the year, um, you know, it was sort of a heel turn. I mean, we made the wrestling references at the time. It was sort of shocking for a guy that had been the baby face, if you will, of the team yeah. for so long, speaking like that. And then with nothing's happened, 
um, well, I shouldn't say nothing has happened. Maybe the most important thing that happened is what's happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois or lack thereof. And I think that really sort of changed where the organization was and um, certainly has given Mark the opportunity to maybe come back and um, try and get back to where he uh, where he was. Um, w- was he as upbeat throughout the twenty minutes of the uh, of the conversation at Southwood as he was in the, uh, the 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 thing that the Jets released earlier today? Yeah, and you know he had another really interesting comment that, uh, <laughs> at the risk of being accused of misinterpreting what he said, I'll just repeat his exact words, Huss. So I asked him about Rick Bonus, and, you know, I said, well, you have made one significant change clearly this summer, and that is who your head coach is. And I said, I mentioned his friendship with Tyler Sagan, and I said, you know, I, I imagine you've heard some things about Rick Bonus. What's your impression of, of the new coach? And, you know, he, he heaped on the platitudes, called him an amazing guy, fantastic human being. Then he said this. He seems like a great communicator, which I'm really excited about. I haven't really had that. He seems like a guy who wants to know what's going on, know the mood of the room, know what our opinions are. I'm really excited to have that opportunity with him and talk hockey and stove it up with him. I found the comment, uh, I haven't really had that in terms of great communicator, really interesting. Paul Maurice, I thought his strength was communicating um dave lowry uh obviously put in a tough spot brought in mid-season last year and our understanding is mark shifley and dave lowry perhaps didn't hit it off all that well um i do wonder though when he says seems like a great communicator i haven't really had that is it that he hasn't had communication or that he hasn't liked some of the communication (laughs) that has come his way. Um, again, I'll, I'll leave that up to, uh, to individual interpretation, but I suspect there will be some who look at a comment like that and think that, you know, that's throwing some serious shade at certainly Dave Lowry, but also perhaps Paul Maurice. Um, but yeah, yeah, Lowry was here for a cup of coffee. Maurice has been the coach. Basically, he's had his entire career for the most part, other than then, what, 10 games when he first uh, got his feet wet as a rookie. Yeah, and you know, you go back to the bubble, right? And or the 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 mini season there, the the COVID year. And I think we all remember Paul Maurice. I think he communicated loud and clear to Mark Shifley in that hockey night in Canada game on on the Saturday night against the Leafs when he stapled 55 to the bench uh for part of that game because he didn't like what he was seeing. Um, you know, it was that uh there was communication there. Maybe he didn't like the message that that was being sent. Um, but I, I have a hard time believing that that Paul Maurice wasn't communicating with Mark Shifley. Uh, I, I really do because that's. I mean, we know Paul Maurice and and you know what he was all about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I sense that there is a um, at least outwardly. Obviously, can't speak to what Mark Shifley might feeling internally that he's not expressing and if it's any different than what we're seeing outwardly but certainly from the inter- interview that he did with Sarah Oleski and then what he talked to us about today um, there was a, a positive picture kind of painted by Mark Shifley that said Haas I mean I asked him a little later in the conversation 
about his contract status and the fact that, you know, he's a UFA in two summers from now, but also uh, that so is Blake Wheeler, so is Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, we think, and so is Connor Hellebuck. And again, another interesting answer, he said uh, that he does think about that a lot and the importance of this coming year. He says, that obviously goes through my mind all the time. It's given me a lot of motivation this summer and why I looked at making some changes this offseason in terms of how to put myself in the best opportunity to be the best player that I can be. Uh, so further to that, he actually talked about changing his training this year. He's going to a different trainer out in Michigan. It's actually Andrew Kopp's trainer. Did he fire uh, Gary Roberts? Is that breaking news? Yeah, well, <laughs> it sounds like he's, uh, we know he changed his agent a few years ago. Now he's changed his trainer. Uh, he's still, by the way, going to Adam Oates, um, Mark Shifley, as he talked about Adam Oates. Adam Oates isn't his trainer uh, as much as Adam Oates is almost like his personal skills coach. And Mark Shifley is still dealing with with Adam Oates uh, in that sense. But in terms of the physical training, the regiment, uh, uh, and I, I saw some people observe who saw pictures of Mark Shifley today. Uh, somebody said to me, he looks jacked. He, he does. I mean, he looks really, really fit. Of course, it's summer. He's wearing a golf shirt. But I will say, I mean, Mark Shifley has always looked fit, but he looks he looks like he's in prime shape right now, uh, which I guess bodes well, right? I mean, let's not forget, Huss, the fact that he is a UFA in two years. Um, Mark Shifley should be motivated. And if not for the Winnipeg Jets, he should be motivated for Mark Shifley uh, because I suspect that you know, when he's 31 and ready to sign his next contract, which perhaps would be his last contract, you know, if it's a, a big one with term, he's going to want to maximize his value. And after the season he had last year, um, he, he probably understands that he needs to be better than that if he's he wants to cash in in a significant way. And don't forget, this is a guy who, I mean, he wouldn't say this publicly, but feels like he's been drastically underpaid for a number of years. So I don't imagine he wants to leave a single penny on the table on his next contract. Yeah, well, I'm sure Adam Oates would be in his ear telling him that. I can guarantee you that, uh, you know, as a guy that, you know, is not really working for the team at all and has no connection or really interest in the team as much as his own personal players that, um, right. you know, going out and having a big season and putting up a lot of points will be the the number one thing that, you know, will get him that uh, that big deal going forward just one quick thing back to back to uh maurice um because that was interesting and i you know i mean for so long i think we just sort of assumed that you know shifley and wheeler because of the way that they were played and handled by paul maurice were sort of really his guys um but there had been some incidences particularly with mark um, you know, where he had been benched, and that one incident, I think, was the most noteworthy of them all. But at the same time, Maurice was also the guy that was talking about building a statue of him outside Canada Life Center. So it certainly does go both ways. And um, there's no way that I think Mark could could play, and I'm not saying that he was, could look back and say, you know, he wasn't getting a fair shot. If anything, I think many people would say maybe some of the things that needed to be done earlier weren't, and that maybe festered into bigger problems in and around it. Right. Um, that being said, we could talk about 
I mean, man, we could do an eight-hour podcast series on what's happened to this team over the course of the Maurice era, and I'm sure one of you guys will write a book that we'll all we'll all eat up in in future years. But right now, going forward, I mean, I think you make a couple great points. The first thing I wanted to hear, and I said this yesterday, of a guy that came out that sounded very different from what had happened, and I think that like fans. The majority, especially casual fans that have always really liked Mark and known that yeah. he was such a big part. I mean, that caught even them off guard. And it really, uh, I think maybe more than anything, Mike, um, highlighted what many people thought was going on behind the scenes with the club. I mean, if Mark Shifley ends up there, the guy that we've always seen right. being happy and so into, like, what does that say about where the team is right now? So I think it was incredibly important that he came out putting his best foot forward, being positive. And to his credit, doing this now, I think, was a huge benefit um, so that this is sort of handled today and yeah. out of the way. Because, of course, when we get to, <laughs> when we get to, um, get to September and training camp open, I mean, I'm not sure whether there's a long lineup to sit on Sarah's couch before things <laughs> get going on. But um, there's a couple other players now that are probably more at the top of the line that people will need to hear about. Um, yeah. Because I think regardless of what you feel about how the answers came out or if it's ridiculous to somewhat blame the media for everything that came out of that, because I'm certainly with you, that was entirely self-inflicted. Um, the most important thing is the next day. And you need to have Mark in uh, in a buy-in situation. And I think that was pretty clear that maybe that wasn't the case last year. But getting to September, the Shifley situation is like way down on the list. Yeah. Um, almost funnily enough, um, because certainly it'll be, is Blake Wheeler back? Okay, so what was all this summer about with potentially him leaving? And I don't know that we're ever going to get clarity on Pierre-Luc Dubois' situation with the Winnipeg Jets until he's not a Winnipeg Jet. Yeah. Well, and Mark Shifley had another interesting comment today uh, in response to one of my questions. He said, quote, I think we're going to have to just stop talking about it and show it on the ice. And I would agree wholeheartedly with that. I mean, ultimately, um, Words are just words, right? It's going to be the actions that that speak louder, as the as the saying goes. And I think, you know, if the Jets come out and very quickly start to look like the group that we saw last season, um, kind of limp down the stretch, um, the, the the pressure, the scrutiny is going to get even more intense. And you know, it's it's interesting, Hus. I asked Mark, you know, about the lack of roster changes and. And he pointed out a, a few things that he says he's excited about that he thinks fans should be excited about. Uh, first and foremost, he he signaled out Morgan Barron, said he showed lots of promise at the end of last year. Uh, he talked about the trade for Mason Appleton at the deadline and re-signing him now this summer. Uh, and then he talked about some young guys coming up and specifically mentioned Cole Perfetti, um, who, of course, the belief is, is going to take on a much bigger role this season uh, and Mark actually talked about skating with Cole in Michigan a few weeks ago and working out together because he looks in fantastic shape and healthy. And then I found it interesting. He he talked about kind of internal improvement and guys already on the roster. And he singled out two players, Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor, and said, you know, you've got another season of Ehlers and Connor. He didn't mention Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh you know, who you would think would get lumped in with that, another season of Pierre-Luc Dubois. He just had a career year last year. Um, you know, he didn't mention Blake Wheeler either, but that's not surprising to me because Blake Wheeler is 
another year older. And I don't think it's fair to expect Blake Wheeler to be better than he was a year ago. Uh, not at that age, but you know, you'd think Pierre-Luc Dubois would have been mentioned along with the Ehlers and the Connors. I know whenever I'm writing about the Jets and talking about room for internal growth, um, certainly you put Dubois in that core. But of course, there is that ever-present question about how long PLD is going to be a member of this team. I mean, we think he's going to be here in camp, that there's not going to be a trade between now and then. He's obviously under contract now for the next year, and the Jets would own his rights for another year after that unless they do something. But uh, there's certainly an element of uncertainty, but I think you could say the same about Mark Shifley. The only difference is Mark Shifley is signed for the next two years, whereas PLD just has one year, and then we have to revisit this all again next summer. But you know what, Huss? There's going to be as many questions asked about Mark Shifley next summer as there are about Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle or Connor Hellebuck because all of those guys are UFAs in 2024. So um, it does create, I think, uh, a real interesting situation coming into camp here. And, you know, the Jets have a tough schedule to start the season. The first nine games are no cakewalk at all. Six of those nine are on the road. They're playing some really good teams right off the hop. Um <laughs> We'll see what it looks like sort of a few weeks into the season uh, if the team kind of doesn't come out firing on all cylinders and and how they navigate any early adversity will be very interesting to see. Well, I love that you mentioned situations. Speaking of situations, I got to give a uh, a welcome back to Roscoe Pico Train, who is back in the chat, Roscoe, people were worried about you. Apparently, he's just renewed vows with, uh, quote, the old lady. Well, congratulations oh. on that. And thank you, Paulo, for the super chat. Very much appreciated your support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, so going forward from here, Mike, um, I, I'm sort of with you. And I've said all along, I mean, you know, I think for the PR aspect of the club, um, for, you know, just trying to get things back on a, you know, having fans excited about the season and have yeah. being, and, and making this team the likable team that they were for a long time that frankly really eroded over the last couple of years. That was the Mark Scheifele that I think they need to, that fans need to see. Um, but this will all bear out on the ice with how he and his teammates play. Um, and before we get to that, it will bear out on the shoulders of the general manager, Kevin Sheveldayov, as to what else happens before the season, because I don't think anyone expects that this roster, as we speak in the middle of August, is going to be the team that takes to the ice in October. Um, but with all of that being said, Mike, um, you know, Shifley is a key, key part of this team yeah. going forward. And, and, you know, his importance, I think, diminished a little bit last year. I mean, at least the reliance on him and the fact that Dubois was playing more. And frankly, it was deserved. I, mean, I don't think anyone that watched the Jets last year did not think that Dubois was playing a more engaged style of play. And certainly Kyle Connor's results playing alongside Dubois for the majority of the season speaks to all of that. But this is a one-year thing. I mean, to me, we can talk about the two-year window all we want. Um, you just laid it out. I mean, Hellebuck, Shifley, the Dubois situation, and Blake Wheeler, if he's still around. I mean, those are four of your most important players, your most highly paid players. And right. 
If all of a sudden those guys aren't around, if they're not coming back, you're talking about a complete overhaul of this roster. So this year to me is going to determine whether these moves are maybe made proactively in and around the deadline or whether yeah. they get the chance to compete as a team one more time in the Stanley Cup playoffs and then come next summer, who's in and who's out because we don't want to end up like the Calgary Flames losing Johnny Gaudreau for nothing. Well, and that's why, you know, I'd love to know what was said, obviously, between Mark Shifley and, and Kevin Shoveldayoff. Uh, uh, all he'd tell us about that in our chat at Southwood Golf Course uh, earlier today was, I had a really good talk with Chevy. I'm going to keep that between me and him. Uh, I respect him too much to talk about that in the media. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, but he said a lot of guys were frustrated. A lot of guys were angry. I think that showed towards the end of the year. So um, that chip on the shoulder, and we've heard a number of players talk about that chip. Um, you know, if, if, if the Jets can use that as a motivating factor, and Mark Shifley would be at the absolute top of that list, because, you know, we're not talking about a, a third or fourth line kind of depth player here. We're talking about a guy that when he's at his best, like he was certainly in the 2018 playoffs, he can be one of the best centers in the league. And we saw flashes of that at times last year, but we didn't see that consistently enough. So Mark Shifley has the power to very much control the narrative here, both for himself and for the organization. And so you're right. I think, you know, when it when we're here in summer and the organization is trying to sell hope, uh, I think they have to be pleased with, with what Mark Shifley said and how he said it, um, but the proof will be in the pudding and and what we see when, you know, it comes to crunch time. And if we see, you know, the last year's version of Mark Shifley or the guy we know, the, the player we know that he can be. And if we see that player, I like the Jets' chances a heck of a lot more than I do uh, without that player in the lineup. Well, and it's funny. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about, oh, what Chevy's doing on the outskirts of the lineup and the bottom six and all that. And I'll say this, Connor Halbuck's the most important player on this team. I mean, goaltending, it just comes with the position. But if we're looking at a turnaround from last season to much better results this year, to me, it starts with Mark Shifley. There's yeah. nobody on that roster that can make a bigger impact with a much better, more committed season than 55. And if everything that we heard today is exactly as is and he can come in and do that, that's going to go a long, long way for avoiding the disappointment of last season. For sure. And so, you know, Mark Scheifele, I think, is motivated on a few fronts. He talked today about just last year, he said, was a disaster from the start. And you look at how his how last year began for him. He wasn't even the opening night lineup because he was suspended. Um, then he comes back into the lineup, but very quickly gets covid and of course, that was at a time when there was still kind of the two-week quarantine. And so he was knocked out of the lineup for COVID. Then, of course, you know, seems to get back in the groove. And as he says, then Paul Maurice steps down. Uh, then they get going again. And as he said, my best friend gets traded. That's Andrew Kopp. Uh, then, of course, he suffers a major injury, which knocks him out of the lineup for the rest of the year. I'm sure for a number of reasons, Huss, uh, the 20... 2021-22 campaign was not a memorable one for Mark Shifley. So this is a guy, uh, a very proud player, a guy who is a student of the game, who I don't imagine he wants 
that Mark Shifley to be the one that's kind of left as the lasting impression with fans, with with fellow players, teammates, competitors. Um, so I, I I wouldn't discount seeing a a new and improved version of Mark Shifley this year because I think he's he's too proud to kind of let last year stand as as what he truly is and he said it again today just as he did at the end of last year I believe I'm in the prime of my career thinks he's in the best shape of his career and and he certainly looks that so all of those things seem to be working and yeah maybe maybe a bit of an angry motivated Mark Shifley will result in the best version of Mark Shifley which in turn would help the Jets at least for this season you know who knows where the story goes from here um, but if we're just talking immediate impact short term, uh, I think Mark Shifley saying all the right things and I wouldn't be surprised to see him doing all the right things. Well, certainly. And I mean, we can talk, you can d- think that this is, I mean, I guess in some ways, I mean, every interview people do is our PR exercises. I mean, sure. that is the entire basis for communicating with the media, with team media. The bottom line is you're speaking to the fans and this was a long time coming but it relatively went well. I mean, even if you might not entirely buy the explanation of why it became such a big story, everyone can judge that for themselves. Um, But no amount of interviews, good or bad, will change the reviews of what happens on the ice. And uh, and the reason I say Scheife over everybody else is the fact that, you know, we've seen him at the top of his game. I mean, if you can get back to that, quote-unquote prime of Mark Shifley, a lot of the things that have happened over the last little while will be forgotten very, very soon. Um, And that's because we'll be here on Winnipeg Sports Talk talking about the team winning hockey games and who the next game is, and it won't be about everything else. Because, I mean, listen, these stories came up and do come up when you're not performing, when things don't seem to be on the same page, and when players look very different when it comes to the way they're handling their assignments from the head coach. And that was Shifley last year. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, But I do really think that I agree with you that if he comes in with that right attitude, realizing what a difference maker he is, can be, and has to be for the Winnipeg Jets and can come through everything that's happened over the last year or so uh, is going to be, uh, will be quite, uh, quite forgotten. Well, for sure. And and let's not forget one other important fact, Huss. Uh, Mark Shifley wears an A on his sweater. He is a leader on this team. And, you know, he, he's supposed to lead by example and he's supposed to lead by, you know, obviously what he says and does in the room. So um, if we see Mark Shifley come to camp and start out this season looking like a guy that is on a mission, um you know, that, that's a great thing for the rest of his team because as a leader, you would think he would have the the effect on his teammates of kind of pulling them into the battle. Um, and so I think the Jets are hoping that Mark Shifley is true to his words and, uh, and, and that would certainly bode well. And I think, you know, we talk about PR. Look, this week is good PR for Mark Shifley and the Jets and the brand. He's playing in the Manitoba Open. You know, we're going to see a very relaxed um, version of Mark Shifley. Like, he's out of his elements uh, at Southwood a bit. He's a, he's a really good golfer. Uh, certainly, you know, for an amateur, he's he's a tremendous golfer. He's going to be out here against, you know, the best on the Canadian PGA. Um, 
and he's going to be in tough. Uh, I, I put it this way, Huss, if you're coming to watch the Manitoba Open this weekend and you want to see Mark Shifley, I wouldn't bank on coming out this weekend. You <laughs> might want to get out Thursday and Friday before the cut happens um, because I, I'd say the odds of seeing him play into the weekend are, are slim and none. And that's not a slight against Mark Shifley. That's just no. a... That just is is a these are professional golfers, <laughs> right? Exactly, and and so I don't think Mark Scheifele is under any illusion of of what he's up against here either. But I think in terms of the what we're going to see from Mark Scheifele, it's it's all positive. Um, you know that as I say, it feels like there's some damage control going on, and and I believe it's damage in a lot of ways of his own doing. I don't blame myself and those in my profession for. For fanning the fires, I think we were just accurately reporting on what was said at the time. Yeah, um, I don't blame any fan for the way they took what happened at the end of the season. And yeah. you know, and he, and here's the thing: like we all know what we saw from Shife last year and heard from him at times. And when you when you say at the end you're looking to see what the changes are and what the direction is, everything. This goes back to my point: Mark Shifley can be the change. Yes, that makes this team a hell of a lot better can make a lot of his teammates better and can completely change the narrative. I mean, I don't want to say it's all on his shoulders because that's not true and that's not fair, but he's such an important player on the team. He is part of that leadership group or at least was, and I would assume he'll be that going forward. Mark Shifley putting this on his shoulders to be the best that he can be, to be the best teammate he can be, and to be the best leader he can be is what the Winnipeg Jets as a team and as an organization need right now. They do, because he is still, whether you want to call him the the, the automatic number one center or 1A, you know, along with Pierre-Luc Dubois, but he's he gets the most minutes. He's the guy they count on, and... And he's also supposed to be the guy that you're comfortable putting out against the other team's best. And, you know, we we certainly heard in the All-Canadian division and when Mark Shifley was going up against the likes of Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews on a regular basis, that Mark Shifley aspires to be mentioned in the same breath as those guys. Don't forget a year ago, Haas, when we thought the Olympics, you know, that NHL players were going to the Olympics, Mark Shifley was certainly in the conversation to be on the Canadian Olympic team. Um, I don't know if, if if we're picking the Olympic team today, uh, he might be seen as a long shot at this point coming off the season that he was. So as I said earlier, Mark Scheifele is a very proud athlete. Uh, he's also a guy who, you know, has all the tools for sure. Uh, we'll see if Rick Bonus can make a difference behind the bench. And certainly from what Mark Scheifele said today, he's excited to work with Rick Bonus. He thinks that he's the kind of guy that can bring out the best in him. And I'm sure Rick Bonus is counting heavily on Mark Shifley uh, to to be the best version of Mark Shifley. And again, there haven't been a lot of roster changes. So as you say, Haas, um, a guy like Mark Shifley, he can go a long way to helping the cause if he comes to camp and uh, and can really you know hit the ground running. Hey, Mike, before we go, and thanks so much for doing this. I know it's a busy yeah. day for you. Um, just fill people in on what they need to know about the golf tournament. Uh, it's out at Southwood. Do we know when Shife's teeing off, who he's playing with? Because, uh, I mean, I remember going out there last year. He was playing with my buddy J-Mac, who just won the yes. Justin McDonald, who won the amateur and the mid-am. And it was really fun watching those guys around. And, and man, you want to talk about seeing a guy, uh, you know, a professional athlete that's played his game at such a high level yeah. in a very different environment, in a very different situation. This is it. Just quickly fill us in on what's coming up starting Thursday. 
Yeah, so the Manitoba Open, this is one of my favorite events of the year. I've covered it now for years. I used to caddy in it when I was a teenager. Uh, and so I, I love this event. I'm so glad it's back after a couple of years. My understanding, and I think the tee times are going to be posted later tonight, Huss. My understanding is Mark Shifley will be teeing off Thursday afternoon and then Friday morning. So guys either do the sort of morning and then afternoon or the afternoon morning. I believe he's going to be playing with Braxton Kuntz. Uh, the uh, the Manitoba amateur champ, the youngest competitor, uh, the 18-year-old from Winnipeg. So that'll be a great kind of pairing. I'm not sure who the third in that group will be. I was out at the course, uh, of course, this morning. Looks like a tremendous setup. Uh, they've done a great job of getting the course ready. It's going to be tough. I mean, if the wind is blowing, watch out. Uh, that course is going to be a monster. Uh, and I'll be out there all for it. I'm actually playing in the Pro-Am tomorrow, Huss, which will be a lot of fun. And then I'll be covering it uh, Thursday through Sunday for uh, for the free press, uh, including how Mark Shifley fares, but uh, of course how some of the other big stars on tour fare as well. So it should be a great week, and uh, hopefully a lot of golf fans uh, are out there at the course this week watching as well. Uh, say hi to me if you see me out there. Well, without a doubt. Uh, well, enjoy the pro-am tomorrow. Hit him straight. Um, you know, <laughs> I will not. Jay, I will not. Don't. Hey, just quickly, you were out there today. Yeah. Any remnants of uh, that storm last night? I mean, I saw some pictures from a few golf courses that looked like they just turned into lakes. I mean, yeah. uh, we got a ton of water. Is everything cool there? It looked, uh, guys were out playing practice rounds this morning. Wow. So, uh, yeah, they, they the course, it looks like it absorbed the, the moisture. There, there's some puddles in areas like on the roadways and stuff. But uh, my understanding, other than softening the course up, which these guys will probably appreciate, um, in terms of the greens anyways, that uh, the course came through it really well. So let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, we don't get a lot more moisture this week. I think we got a, a month's worth last night for sure. Uh, should be some great golf for sure. I mean, these guys, you just look at some of the guys that were on this tour a few years ago, Tony Finau, T.T. Pan, Kramer Hickok, all those guys won this event. They're now regulars on the PGA Tour. Uh, so, you know, there's guys playing this week at Southwood guaranteed mm -hmm. that in a couple of years from now we'll be regulars on the PGA tour. So this is a great chance to kind of see them before they, they become the big stars that they're likely going to be. Mike, thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy the tourney. You bet. Take care. There's, there's Mike McIntyre for the Winnipeg free press. Hey, great turnout live. Mike brings it out. Certainly uh, Mark Shifley talk brings them out. If you haven't already folks, and you're with us on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. And, uh, Join us every day. We're live at 1 o'clock, but if you subscribe, it's completely free. Um, if you do miss the show, hit on YouTube, and the freshest, latest Winnipeg Sports Talk content will be there for you, and it's a big favor to us as it helps us spread the channel. And while you're at it, everyone with us, whether you've subbed or not, hit that thumbs up. Let's get us to 200 as Tommy Gazzola joins us in just one moment. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to thank our friends at Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, of course. Bombers off this week. They're back at it at home next Thursday. Make sure you head out early, 5.30 p.m., two hours before kickoff. The Princess Auto tailgate zone gets going. $5 beers, $3.50 dogs, as well as pop. DJ Finesse spinning. Great atmosphere beforehand and uh, some prizes from the Princess Auto game as well. And, of course, Princess Auto is the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. 
And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Uh, Jay's back in action tonight. Full slate of games on the weekend in the Canadian Football League. So while we won't have the Bombers to watch, it's still a great time to get together with the gang and enjoy the great summer menu at Boston Pizza as well as the uh, big game on the big screen. Don't forget, happy hour every day, 3 to 6 and 9 to 12 with some great deals on appetizers and beers. And if you're staying home, check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. I'm looking forward to getting on the golf course with my pal Nick from Nick and Nicky DQ. But, man, they've been busy, as you can imagine, with the summer that we've had. Summer is all about ice cream, blizzards, and everything they've got going into the DQ, especially those brand-new stack burgers. Uh, but get the family together. Pop by any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. They're great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Or hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll get your cake order ready to pick up quick and easy at any of the uh, uh, local locations of Nick and Nicky DQ. All right. ASD picks coming up a little later on. Perfect that the show got gassed early last night because so did the card uh, due to the weather. So uh, we'll maybe get uh, some bigger picks coming up. We'll do cool bet lines as well. Um, And, of course, big shout-out to our friends at Breezy Bend. Uh, When we talk golf, we do it for Breezy. Check them out online at breezybend.ca. But let's bring in Tommy Gazzola from Edmonton right now. Day off at the World Junior Hockey Championships, and things get real tomorrow even in the middle of August, it's the quarterfinal matchups, and Tom joins us now from Edmonton. Tommy, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, no days off, man. No days off around here. This is <laughs> the weirdest summer ever. No days off at all. I mean, it felt like the hockey season had just ended. Now we're midway through the World Juniors. I, I don't know. What do I do with my hands? My head's spinning. I'm scared all the time. Uh, this is not summer. This is something else. Um. It's such a weird tournament. I mean, I don't really even know where to start. I mean, we are going to get to the games and the performances of the team so far. But, I mean, Edmonton has sort of been a spot. There's been so many events even through the pandemic because of the way Alberta handled things, you know, with the bubble and the original (laughs) tournament that was canceled. But I don't think anyone could have ever imagined this tournament going on um, amongst the circumstances that has been in the middle of August. Um and, of course, with everything happening in and around Hockey Canada. I mean, it's been well-documented. Some of these games have been basically empty. Even the Canada yeah. games, which has been the cash cow for Hockey Canada for a long time. Put Canada in a game, the place will be full. It hasn't been the case. I mean, what has it been like being around Edmonton and around the tournament? And are things getting better as we get closer to the uh, the gold medal game? Yes to better. We've seen the last two Canadian games where there's about six, 7,000 fans in the stands. They don't have the top bowl open at Rogers Place, and understandably so. And plus, like, with the Hockey Canada stuff, everything that's gone on over, what, the last month and a bit, um, ticket sales were already really soft. I think interest in this summer edition of the World Juniors here in Edmonton was, was pretty minimal. I, I mean, this tournament's basically been here three times in a row. And I think people here, there's so much to do in the summer. Edmonton, much like Winnipeg, the summers are great. And there's only so many really good weeks, prime weeks to actually do stuff that uh, there's so many events going on. I think the Fringe Festival just kicked off here. Uh, We have a a thing called the Heritage Festival, great uh, food and cultural celebration that goes on at uh, the Mayfair 
around the Mayfair. And uh, on top of that, we've had K-Days, which is our version of the Stampede, minus the rodeo. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They're fake cowboys in Calgary. Anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love I'm it. kidding. I'm kidding. They're, they get so offended when you say that. But everybody can pretend to be a cowboy for 10 days down there. So um, there's a ton going on around Edmonton, just, just like it is in, in Winnipeg and just like it is in Calgary that, you know, a hockey tournament, a big one that's already been here a couple of times. And with this Hockey Canada stuff going on, it was a tough sell to begin with. On top of the fact that, the Oilers had a great run, and anytime you talk to anybody during a playoff run for the Oilers or after one, they always say, my body aches and so does my wallet. And I think that was the case with the three rounds the Oilers got through uh, this past spring slash early summer. Oh. And and so like the, the spending bucks for entertainment are, are already spent, and so it's minimal interest, but... We're starting to see it creep up a little bit here. We saw that. We saw that in spades here after the uh, Jets run to the conference finals in 2018. That um, you know, it people wanted to be there and they wanted to support. But I yep. mean, with the the prices that you know the escalating prices throughout the playoffs, um, it really did hit a lot of people. And you know, I think there's been a lasting effect of that negatively, unfortunately, when it comes to the season ticket base and whatnot. Ticket mm-hmm. price is a huge part of it as well. I, I mean. Listen, I remember the 99 tournament here in Winnipeg that was so successful. And it really did seem like after that, they said, wow, well, we need bigger arenas. We need to charge more. And uh, it just kept getting more increased and increased and increased. I do wonder whether we've seen the end of days where these organizations think that they can charge like $130 to get in to see junior hockey. And um, I would love to see this tournament get back to where it really started with some smaller venues, some Mm -hmm. places that maybe don't have NHL teams. I'm not sure whether that'll happen, Uh, but it'd be fascinating to be a fly on the wall of some of the meetings that will certainly happen in the aftermath of this, because uh, as much as the Hockey Canada scandal has rubbed some people the wrong way, and it is summer, um, honestly, I think that just the crazy prices to watch junior hockey um, is a big, big part of it as well. All that being said, the tournament's been happening. The games have been played. They've got an off day today, and we've got four games tomorrow. Focus in on Canada. I mean, uh, how have you thought the Canadians have played so far, and how are they trending going into their quarterfinal matchup tomorrow against the Swiss? Hey, this was a test of Canada's depth. And I know we like to boast as Canadians that there's so much depth here, so much talent that we could ice two teams and both of them would compete for a gold medal. Well, essentially, we've dipped into the second team. And guess what? They're doing pretty darn good. So I've been enjoying watching some of these guys. I didn't really have much of an idea of what type of players they were. Uh, I'm enjoying watching the Olin Zellwegers put together multi-point games. I'm enjoying watching Ridley Gregg and uh, all those guys that, that I kind of flew under the radar albeit as very good, excellent junior hockey players, but they weren't the big names. They weren't like here at Edmonton. They weren't the ghoulies. They weren't the sordifs. They weren't the neighbors, the Gunthers, uh, those guys that that everyone kind of knew or had a good handle on, especially around these parts. And now you're watching them and you're like, geez, these guys are really good. Not that I doubted that before, but you get more of an appreciation for it. So that's been a good element. And then just Connor Bedard, who was the 13th forward in December, Huss. Now he's the top line right winger. And him and Mason McTavish are two peas in a pod. And they're just dominating, which is excellent to see. And 
you got to think McTavish is going to be a lock for the Ducks next year. I, just an old school guy that loves hockey. Played on what six teams last year? Olympics, World Juniors, AHL, NHL, OHL. He's a pro, man. He's a pro. Europe. I mean, he's yeah. big. He's built like. Uh, I mean, if you saw him, he almost looks out of place in this tournament. To be honest with you, because of how powerful he is and what he brings to the table. Yeah, and you watch him score goals, and it's like he celebrates because he has to. Not because he wants to. That's that's the sense I get. But when the games get bigger and more's on the line, I'm sure he's going to be throwing a little bit more emotion into his celebrations. But it, I have a better appreciation for Connor Bedard and his vision, uh, the way he can shoot the puck. How about his and, shot? I was just oh, about to say, it, we were blessed with having Patrick Liney here, mm -hmm. albeit it ended sooner than many of us would have liked. We won't go down that road. <laughs> Bedard, for a player his age... Um, I mean, even right now, I don't know how many players on earth, you know, there's some of them in the National Hockey that have better releases than him. But, I mean, there's so many things that he brings to the table. The one thing I wasn't really aware of before seeing it with my own eyes is just how absolutely lethal he can be shooting the puck, and not just from the slot, from literally anywhere in the offensive zone. The goal he scored yesterday was yeah. literally impossible to save. Just an absolute... Absolute laser. And the torque that he gets on. I love the the zoom-in slow-mo of his face where you can see he's putting every little bit of his body and every ounce of strength into those shots in, in such a compact little motion. And, and what he gets out of it is phenomenal. It's amazing. I mean, we know he's probably going to go first overall 2023. I'm curious to see how everything translates at the NHL level in a year and a bit. And I think that'll be something that We'll be able to tell by then, is he a generational talent or was he just an absolutely exceptional junior hockey player because of his abilities? But does that kind of even out when he gets to the National Hockey League? I, I, I think it's fair to still ask that, but I mean, he's still just tearing it up, Huss. He's amazing to watch. And I, I feel like he's going to be an impact player in the National Hockey League. Struddy was asked, Jason Strudwick was asking me the other day on the Jason Greger show. He's like, can we call him a generational talent? And I said, I, I don't know. I need to watch him more. But the more I watch, the more impressed I am by his ability. But at the same time, I'm going, hey, Tom, aren't we throwing around generational talent a little bit too much? How Isn't many generations do we have? Yeah, like how many <laughs> times can we use that? Like it feels like when McDavid was coming in, he was the next generational talent after Crosby. But, you know, you could almost make the argument that Ovechkin was a generational talent. And then Malkin somehow got in the mix. And then now we're talking, Austin Matthews is this generational talent. Well, it feels like we just throw this this term <laughs> out like it's candy on Halloween, Huss. So I think he's going to be an amazing hockey player. He already is. Now when he gets to the National Hockey League, can he continue that and then even expand on it? Time will tell, and it's going to be something I'm going to enjoy watching because I think he will be very good. Well, he better be because he's going to be going to a team that will be historically bad um, You know, whether it's the Coyotes or whether it's the, the Hawks right now. I mean, teams are trying so bad to get terrible so they can get in. I mean, I guess it's flattering, but uh, it might take a little while to have any team success in the National Hockey League when he does get there. Um, looking at the rest of the tourney, um, you know, Canada is the big favorite right now. We're going to get to the cool bet lines in a minute. Um, who's the biggest threat to Canada? Has there been any other teams that have sort of st stood out that seemed like maybe that's the team to beat or the team that would be the biggest challenge for the home squad? With the way Canada handled... Finland yesterday, Huss, I think the most logical response to that is USA. 
USA goes a clean 4-0 in Group B. They look pretty good overall. I know it was a close one against the Swedes and uh, the Esper Wallstead taking the blame and all of that, whatever. But they got the win. That's the bottom line. So I think Canada has, you know, paced itself out to be the lead dog in this in this race. And then I think the U.S. is is slightly behind. And and maybe Finn Finland and the Finns don't quite have the punch that they expected that they would after that loss or. They take that loss yesterday, and it galvanizes them and spurs them on in the quarterfinals, and, and then they go on a nice run maybe to the gold medal game. We shall see. But right now, going into the first set of quarterfinals in a busy day on Wednesday here in Edmonton, I think it's the U.S. where you look at them, and it's like, well, they haven't played Canada in this tournament yet. They also are 4-0. They had some some good games, and to me, they would be the most logical a tougher opponent for Canada that could give the Canadians a run for their money. Tom Gazzola is with us. Tommy, uh, everyone's always so impressed with uh, your outfits when you show a beautiful golf shirt that you're rocking (laughs) today. Um, Is this the Edmonton Riverhawks? Is this another Edmonton Riverhawks hat? There's a bunch of people Mm -hmm. asking in the chat. Oh, this hat is, uh, it's the 1914 Edmonton Eskimos baseball team. I know that's a term that we don't really use very often around here the football team is no longer named that but this baseball team uh from some obscure canadian baseball league from 107 years ago um <laughs> there's a guy in edmonton he's the the president of the edmonton stinger cbl team his name is reed clark he started he started buying these logos of old defunct teams from edmonton and recreating all the merchandise so this is the edmonton baseball team from 1914 that was their logo back in the day, and and they make beautiful hats. And the golf shirt, Huss, I, I, I was joking with Dusty Nielsen. It's a one of one. Um, <laughs> the the name tag on the back on the inside it says Dustin Johnson. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to get to know some people that might be related to him <laughs> that used to work for the Oilers. And uh, I was visiting there a couple of weeks ago, and we were in the garage, and someone said to me, "Hey, anybody need golf shirts? Because DJ can't wear these anymore." RBC dropped them, and sure enough, he's my size, so I, I grabbed a few. So let me get this straight. You're one of the few beneficiaries of DJ moving to the Live Tour. Yes. You, you get a hand-me-down DJ golf shirt. It's <laughs> never been amazing. worn. These are They're brand new. It's like, these things haven't been worn. I'm like, I'm like, how many can I take? And, and he's just like, as many as you want, and we need to get rid of this stuff. We Team RBC, DJ yeah. out, Gazola in, coming to a local muni <laughs> near you, representing the RBC brand. Yes. That is awesome, man. Well, I'm definitely glad, uh, glad to ask you. Hey, um, just before we go, I mean, we spent a lot of time finally with a little bit of hockey news to talk about. Mark Scheifele is back in town. He's golfing in the Manitoba Open and met the media for the first time since a rather infamous exit interview at the end of last season. Um. What's the vibe in and around the Oilers? I imagine people are real excited for the upcoming season. You mentioned how long the playoffs went, but um, pretty nice offseason for the squad. Uh, are, uh, is optimism as high as it's been in the Connor McDavid era going into next year? Yes, but there's always like an air of caution to it because everyone <laughs> remembers what happened after 2017 and the team was supposed to be a favorite and a contender and it just fell apart with two absolutely awful seasons. Didn't even make the playoffs. So... There's always this air of caution and has like, th- this is a crazy hockey market, much like Winnipeg. And there even though is whenever I'm filling in on Dusty's morning show, uh, because my show is on, hi- I, 
Oilers pre and post game, obviously on hiatus till they get going again. Um, those people are like, yeah, but this is the same team that lost to Colorado in, in the third round. And you go, hey, did you just realize what you said? This is the same <laughs> team that lost to Colorado. You start with that team now. Like you Last get year, the conversation there. was, this is the same team that got swept by the Jets. We'll never forget. We'll never forget. <laughs> first time ever. First time ever. And and very true. But, yes, there's optimism. I mean, there's going to be question marks. The, the cap situation isn't good for the Oilers. They're over the cap. They need to figure that out. And now there's, there's very real uh, rumors and, and a real possibility Sam Gagne could be returning to the club. I don't know if it's going to be a PTO or if they're actually going to give him a contract. They're going to have to move some money out before they even get the season started. That's an the issue. The Gagne thing was hilarious because everyone started talking about that because wasn't he was out skating or he was out there, he yeah. was wearing an Oilers shirt and people immediately thought, hey, maybe he's coming, maybe he's coming back. And and when I asked and checked in on it, the uh, the possibility of it happening is uh, very real i was told so there's smoke there us uh, and and he's a guy he would be brought in for like a culture thing in the room great room guy obviously his wife's from edmonton and like the kessel rumors that's been going around here and pk i think that's just talk that's just as far as i know and from what i've been told that's just talk and then uh on top of all that you know this should be a good team in a weak pacific division so are they going to yeah, trade Pajarvi? Are they going to trade Pajarvi? Because uh, there's a couple holes in the top 12 uh, here in the peg that uh, he could probably fit into very well. Well, if Kevin Sheveldayoff wants Yesid Pajarvi, he's available. So I'll just put it that way. And he'd be willing to move on for a fresh start. If they can somehow uh, bridge the divide again, like they did the last time with Pajarvi here in Edmonton, they're more than okay to make that happen. But, you know, Ken Holland's been on the record as saying, Things didn't end well this past season for Yesid Pugliarvi. Uh, he didn't really know where Pugliarvi fit in with this team. And although, and then, you know, a lot of people around here were like, well, Ken Holland also said Yesid Pugliarvi didn't ask him specifically for a trade. And you got to remind people, it's like, hey, you don't have to be a player asking a GM for a trade to indicate that you wouldn't mind a change of scenery after you've already done so three or four years prior. So, uh Arby's available if he comes back you know he's under contract it's an okay contract and this is a guy that has some work to do but has shown some signs of of excellent play and he's also had some also or he's also had some pretty bad play as well and uh injuries got the better of him COVID and then lack of confidence in the second half of last season but if someone wants him they could get him for well, a pretty reasonable rate. Well, and I mean, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, they're right up against it cap-wise. I they're mean, over. That, they, yeah, like they do have to make a move, right? Yes, they do. Or the other option is go down to 22 or 21-man roster, which is ridiculous. So they're going to have to make a move. And, and the other guy that's kind of his name has been thrown out there has been Warren Fogle, $2.75 million. I suppose you could move him. Uh, they're not going to move Tyson Berry, especially with what happened on the defense with Duncan Keith retiring and Brett Kulak coming back. They're going to have Philip Broberg back there. They're not going to move Berry. So that's where the P.K. Subban talk kind of crept in, but uh, that would be a downgrade on a blue line that's you know adequate at the best of times and looking to improve probably during the season. Tommy, great stuff as always. Uh, we'll enjoy this day, and I guess you'll be. What have you been doing during the tournament? You've been doing some like uh, web stuff for Double IHF. Yeah, so Double IHF uh, in conjunction with Hockey Canada because the tournament's been here. I mean, a million years straight, basically. 
Uh, they launched this new show called the Virtual Arena Live Show. It's on the IIHF website, and they needed a host, and I was happy to step in. So we've had some great guests. Laddie Schmid was on. We had Jack Campbell, Curtis Lazar. Uh, we had Ashley Collingbull and Wacy Rabbit. A great story there with with those two great uh, role models for our First Nations youth, and and to be honest with you, for people in general. And uh, just it's been a good, neat show, and it's just launching us, but. I've enjoyed it. It's nice to dip into the double IHF side of things. Tom, thanks so much for the visit, pal. Keep up the great work, and uh, let's do this again soon. That's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. There's Tom Gazzola. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. And, uh, yes, if you do follow the Oilers during the season, you can always catch uh, Tommy holding it down pre and post on uh, TSN 1260 in Edmonton. Um, all right, we still have more to get to. We've got to get Remus back in here, um, but... You know, considering the way the show started today, I know um, we were going to get him in 1919. I think I may have to pop over with a couple of the drink of the summer, the CCN Ginger. If you haven't tried it already, it's the great taste of Canadian Club and Ginger Ale. No mixing needed. Pop by your local beer store or liquor mart and grab a six-pack. Grab a little bit of ice and you are set. Uh, of course, Canadian Club, the OG of Canadian whiskeys. Also available at your local liquor store, along with all the Canadian Club products. And uh, you Bomber fans know it is available everywhere at IG Field, as they are the official sponsors in spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, I should mention, I said Breezy was in here earlier. Uh, I just thank Breezy for their support of the show earlier on. I know they got a ton of rain last night. I had a few friends that were unfortunately in the middle of a round when that storm came in uh but the course will be ready to go and looking amazing in a couple weeks for the canadian women's mid-am and senior championships with some of the top female golfers in canada playing at breezy bend and looking forward to getting out there heading into the tournament on i believe a couple mondays from now we'll set up shop down at breezy and uh, get you ready for the tourney with a regular edition of winnipeg sports talk um all right let's get remus back in here remo uh big big news in the chat today um thanks again for the super chats for people that uh, dropped in a little donation and the the mystery of where has roscoe gone uh has been returned uh, he's back in all caps as usual Yes, Hustler. I've calmed down since the very, very rocky start to the show where <laughs> good, I was good, not good. I was not prepared at all. And I want to blame it on it wasn't me, it was the, the media who was their fault. <laughs> that stupid media. <laughs> Didn't the media screwed up the audio settings yeah, on the program after exactly. the Windows update. Yeah, it was the media. Um, it was the chat also. They were staying stuff, screwed the show. <laughs> Um, but we're back. I'm ha happy it's all working. I was testing out some new equipment too, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy the internet is working today. I don't have to drive to my parents after the show, the USB stick with the show on it to uh, uh, use the internet. <laughs> but um, uh, what did you ask me about yeah. the market? What did you ask me? I I wanted to get to a couple things there. Sorry. Uh, uh, well, I just uh, I said it was funny that you said we had quite a situation yesterday, and uh, yes. the situation himself is back in the chat, banging chat today. And I knew this it's would awesome. be a big yeah. show, especially considering yesterday. And how the entire week started for us, and certainly anyone that was planning on doing anything outside last night, 
a much better day today, a much more positive day today, all starting with the very positive Mark Scheifele sitting down with the newest employee of the Winnipeg Jets, our friend Sarah Orleski. Yeah, that was big news. And we do have a lot of people here. I will we'll remind everyone, make sure you hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Just hit 8K subs, do that. And it was nice to have the news about, um, about Mark Scheifele saying, come on, guys, I didn't say all that stuff, right? Wasn't that what he was basically saying? He sounds like he, get, he does get along with his teammates. They're excited for the start of the year. That's the thing. The Sarah news, that was a shot. The Mark Shave thing, I think we had said yesterday that was going to happen. Like, you kind of went through, okay, this is what he needs to say. And I think he, he probably listened to the show, I'm sure. And to We're here. What you we said. are PR support for you, any member of the Winnipeg Jets that needs to, uh, you know, get had, back into the good books. We had been advocating for a sit-down with Sarah for image rehabilitation for a while. So I think they hit all the all the notes there. That's what I wasn't expecting, though. It coming out before he even met the media today yeah. at Southwood. I, like, yeah, that's that, usually something. Well, obviously, we didn't know that Sarah was going to be in-house by now, but... It was quite a wild way, actually, to announce Sarah as being the newest yes. member of the True North team. And then, bang, here's the content with Mark Shifley that you've all been waiting for. So, uh, big day. And again, a great hire. Uh, I think that they've had some PR difficulties over the last couple seasons. And um, certainly, I think someone like Sarah Oleski will go a long ways to, you know, connect the team, the organization with the fan bases. One of the most uh, beloved people that have worked in Winnipeg media in a very long time. Yes, I, I agree. And, he will still be appearing at uh, on the Jets broadcast, but I, I'm not sure what, you know, it says regular appearances with insider insights and features. I don't think it's going to be like the reporting role she did, and she's going to be doing the new post-game show uh, that the Jets are doing. I know they did one with Mitch last year. I watched it pretty frequently. I enjoyed how they brought the comments and, and stuff, but they said a new post-game show with a new that as i believe they mentioned that too so um we'll have to wait and see what that looks like and i think we're and mike touched on this well we're just seeing this more teams taking control of their own media of their own potentially even their own broadcast rights and you know you've seen a lot of the cuts going on at the big media companies no one most notable yesterday oh, what that was disaster. big news can we and, talk about that? Okay. And you, do you want, and well, you had said to me, like, you know, it's, you were, were talking before the show. You're like, well, it's nice that, you know, Sarah gets to go on her own terms and I'm sure she'll get a big standoff from, from TSN during, you know, her last game, the banjo. Well, the I'm banjo like, bowl for I'm sure. like, will, I'm like, will she get a sendoff? Yeah. <laughs> or will it be her like on an iPad at the cottage recording a video? Hostage video. From recording the back a of the hostage, cottage. a hostage video. So. <laughs> Um, that I, that whole bit with Lisa Laflamme is wild, and um, listen, I, I there's a and I geez, I, I, I it's out there everywhere. KWK one, what's up? Yeah. Thanks for being a supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. We really appreciate it. Um, this this business, I mean, was it was what was that site we were looking at today and reading that uh, that bit on Canada oh. Talks or something? I'd never no, heard of it before, it was... but it was a very it was a very good article on what's happened. And apparently, um, you know, she was basically ousted by um, some, uh, you know, younger executive dude that um, sort of putting his uh, fingerprints all over uh, the operation. And um, I mean, incredibly controversial. Nobody at CTV knew that this was happening before it came out yesterday. And apparently he wanted 
um, for, well, I guess the other funny part of the thing was this tweet from uh, this Omar guy that's taking over. This, this was the best part of it. Uh, <laughs> the guys, yeah. Like this, this tweet, where, where is it here? I, I should get it. Uh, yeah. So Omar is the guy that's taking over. He drops this tweet. I am honored to be following in the footsteps of Lisa Laflamme and Lloyd Robertson. That's it. So excited to be working with our incredibly talented team in this new role. Well, this dude got ratioed almost immediately. Um, read the room. Are you serious? Uh, can we just let the body get cold, Omar? I mean, those were the sort of comments over and over again. Um, and then apparently in this article, they had said that you know, they had originally wanted him to go on the CTV National News, and the people involved correctly said, this is a terrible idea right now. Um, but then they still trotted him out on all the local news, and I feel sorry for the poor girl in Winnipeg. I'm not sure her name that had to do it, and, you know, this was the same dog and pony show around the country uh, that, you know, it was planned questions. They could not mention Lisa Laflamme, and... Um, so listen, I don't know whether this guy was kind of told that he should go and make this tweet or the geniuses at Bell Media PR were behind it, uh, but it was a complete disaster, and I joked to you off air. Can somebody ever get canceled for a tweet before they even do their first shift? I mean, I guess they can. There's certain things that that certainly would happen. Um, but from all, and again, I'm not a big, big CTV news guy. I haven't spent a lot of time watching, although I'm certainly familiar with both with Omar uh, Sashadina as well as Lisa the Flam, mm -hmm. but uh, this could not have been handled any worse. And um, no surprise, it's by our former employer. Um, I mean, these people just have no clue sometimes. I mean, as someone who kind of, who went through this a little bit, uh, was blindsided by the station shutdown. Um, I think we all know that it's pretty clear that they don't care about their employees and they don't care about their listeners. So. Uh, is well evidenced by <laughs> by what happened yesterday. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, I, Lisa, I do, you got a spot here on WST if you want to come and talk about the uh, the Bombers' quest for a third Grey Cup <laughs> or uh, the Jets' off season and upcoming year. Um, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to the cool bet lines uh, because, as we mentioned with Tommy, the uh, World Junior lines are up, and I, I can't remember seeing anything like this before. Um, but these games are all essentially relative mismatches. You've got heavy favorites in the Finns, the Swedes, the Canadians, and the Americans in the quarterfinal games. And there's no money line odds. And there's no totals right now, at least. Maybe by tomorrow we'll get them. Right now, just spread bets. Um, Finland minus three and a half. Sweden minus three and a half. Canada minus five and a half. And USA minus three and a half. Talked about this with Dusty today on the lock shop. I locked in Germany plus three and a half against the Finns and the Swiss plus five and a half against Canada. I think those are huge numbers. And uh, both the Germans and the Swiss, I think, are coming around. I think they can maybe hang in those games. As far as the Canadian Football League goes, another thing we touched on today, had a little bit of line movement. BC opened as two and a half point favorites against the Riders. That's now to four. Elks are four and a half point underdogs against Ottawa. Montreal, two point favorites at home to Hamilton. And the Stamps opened up as one point favorites in Toronto. They are now 
two and a half point favorites of that. We've got a bit, bit of Argos news in just a second, but don't forget if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST, get you a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. And um, while we're talking about the Argos ream, um, we've got some news on Andrew Harris. Uh, Dinwiddie, this is from Dave Naylor, uh, Coach Ryan Dinwiddie says running back Andrew Harris will be out four to six weeks with a torn peck. Still could require season-ending surgery, but that remains to be determined. Uh, we'd heard some scuttlebutt that Andrew Harris might be dealing with something that would keep him out a significant period of time. Um, and we know Father Time is undefeated. Um, just really sad to see this year end up uh, potentially with Harris on the shelf after everything that he'd done for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and then, of course, moving over to the East with Toronto. Yeah, and Harris looked pretty good when he was oh. in action to start the season, and we saw he still it, got it in the game, yeah, but uh, staying healthy, I think that was a concern. I mean, it was a concern for him last year. I know he talked about coming in better shape, but, uh, I mean, tough break here with the pectoral muscle and... I mean, I don't know if the Bombers feel validated with their decision to let him go or not, but I think I'm not going to talk about that. I will say it's unfortunate for Andrew Harris that he's hurt after having such a great season Yeah, uh, so far. No one, Kyle Walter said it was the toughest decision that he ever made in his life, um, the toughest conversation that he had. Uh, but I think the Bombers do have the uh, conviction. I mean, they all, every single person, right up to Wade Miller, knows damn well how important that Andrew Harris was. I still maintain his coming to Winnipeg is the most impactful free agent signing in CFL history with the culture, with what he did on the field, <clears throat> excuse me, what he did off the field and the heights that he was able to help bring the team to considering where they started. Um, but, you know, as far as vindication, I mean, the, the only vindication that they need is that they get the job done and win football games. And, you know, after a relatively pedestrian start, Brady Oliveira and the Bomber running game has looked great over the past month. So um, the Bombers are in good are in a good spot going forward. But I think every Bomber fan appreciates what Andrew did for the Winnipeg Football Club and wishes that he was still able to do what he obviously loves and wants to do. And that's run the football in the Canadian Football League, albeit not here in the peg. Yes, uh, I agree with you. And hopefully he recovers quickly and can return to action for the Argos, who are in the mix in the East. Well, isn't everyone everyone in the mix there? Uh, well, yeah. they're in the, in the lead, four, four and four. So first place, uh, Hamilton, Montreal, with three wins right behind them. So, uh, all right, Reem, before we go today, we had a big rainout yesterday at the track. Yeah. So uh, Are we I'm doing not... double? Uh, like, got, do, I have to, do I have to do double I, today or I think what? We, I think let's do 30 today, 30 tomorrow. Sure. Okay. That, that, that is the plan. Um, how are you looking? Have you been too busy um, so, uh, handling everything else, or do you have a bit uh, of a head start? No, I got, I've been talking for two straight hours. I got four bets made for 20 bucks. I wasn't sure what we were going to do, so I could do. But yeah, yeah you my, can, uh, Let's do the 20s, and then we'll give ourselves a discretionary additional 10 that we'll put on. At some it. point afterwards. Yeah. Let me guess. Race two, you're going with horse number three. Uh, No. Who's that? Okay, wait. Let me bring these up. Oh, that's yesterday's call the cops. I did have that yesterday. Yeah. I had that. <laughs> I'll tell you who I I'll tell you who I have. I have one of my favorite horses. I actually have going a bit different. I've been picking straight winners. 
And today I did two tractor boxes. I just they just stuck out to me. Um, so here, let me bring them up. And so I went to check my funds today. I was like, oh, every bet got refunded. What happened? Did the races get canceled? I was like, oh, right. Yeah. They, uh, they had the big rain out. Yeah. It, it was insane out there. I mean, I had a couple friends that rode a breezy that painted me that basically ran off the course, had a beer and something to eat. And, you know, like half an hour later, it looked like uh, there was a lake on the 18th hole. Now, it worked well on the uh, irrigation. I'm not sure what the situation with the course is today, but uh, that was a ton of rain. I mean, in some spots, they said they were expecting close to 90 millimeters here in Winnipeg over the course of a couple of days. So that can really do some serious damage to a uh, to a course. Uh, all right, fill us in on your picks. Okay, this is what I got so far. That's so far. I have a to win $2, race three, horse five, Big, big energy. I am bidding on big, big energy. <laughs> I like big energy, energy too. <laughs> big, big energy. God, I'm on that one. Okay, race five, triactor box. So $1 triactor box, $6 total. Top three, any order. I am on horse two, blame it on the brew. Horse three, the whiskey worked. And horse four, arouse and go. So I believe we were on those in the past. I just like to pick the horses I know. Race six, six dollars to win on my favorite horse, shooting money. I love that <laughs> horse. I love when, when Kurt. Oh, okay. Rob Noak says race one, two one exacta. Oh, oh there you go, Rob. Oh. All right, I. You know what? Oh, Rob knows. Okay, I, I'm listening to Rob. He. Yeah, let's I'm, let's both do it right now. Two yeah. one. Did you say wildly dramatic with Lady Sunset? Yeah, I'm riding with Rob, and he says, "Oh, Rob's got his." He says, "Race two, five to win." These are picks. Rob knows. Race two. Okay, I'm I'm getting win. in. I'm Race getting one. Rob Noakes has proven himself in the chat to be a serious sharp. He knows. So there knows. you go. Here, here's our consultant today. Yeah. Wildly dramatic and Lady Sunset. I might have to uh, do a little poke on Lady Sunset to uh, to get in there. Um, and this would be a big one. Did not have a strong performance earlier in uh their last race at five and a half furlongs finishing seventh but uh i like the uh, I, I like it all right i'm gonna throw in a, a couple more here uh let's see i'm gonna go right to the end race seven there's my guy king wit number horse number one uh henry's in control is the favorite but benroy benroy's one that we've certainly liked before I, i'm on oh, that and one too bro code as well i have the wait i think i did the same thing which one? What, what race was that? This is race seven. Okay, you have King Wit, Bro Code, and Benroy in a yeah. tractor box. I yes. have that too. I have that too. Well, you know what? Let's let's just win it. Let's. Okay, it, I, it was funny today. Today, uh, Nielsen and I did our picks, and we don't show each other our picks beforehand. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, we were all for the same. Uh, by the way, I know I mentioned this at the start of the show, but you may or may not have heard it. New lock shop earlier today, CFL, golf, and all that. And tonight, for you fantasy football players, the first edition of the fantasy football extravaganza under the lock shop umbrella will be live 8.30 p.m. our time. Check my Twitter at Hustlerama, or make sure you're following Dustin over at Nielsen TSN 1260. We'll have it on there, and uh, we'll also have it 
under uh, the Lock Shop feed on the podcast. So search that where uh, wherever you go. Um, so I've got that. Uh, we'll put in. I think I might actually put a little sprinkle on King Wit as well to win. And I'm gonna go back to one more bet. Race number three. I do. I do like big big energy. And I'm gonna roll with Spittin' Kitten. Uh, I'm gonna go a three-five Quinella in that race as well. We'll throw a fin on that one and uh, hopefully make it happen. Big, big energy. Big, a big fan of big, big energy. You know it. You know it. All right. Well, uh, listen. Thanks again for the patience at the beginning of the show, folks. Uh, and again. Not much we could do yesterday. We are an internet show, yeah. and when there is no internet, we're screwed. Uh, but the podcast did get up later on, so if you did miss it, yeah. I probably got in about forty-five minutes of talk coming out of the weekend. I had to put so I had to put it on a USB, drive to my parents' house, and <laughs> upload it because yeah, we're on. I'm on Bell, and they were down, and people are going to be like, "Well, how could you use?" Bell Internet. It's a great question. They, you know, they see what they did to you guys. I was like, "Look, man." There's two companies, okay? There's two. Just go well, where you get the Shaw, best deal. Though, that's the thing. Now, I and I'll say this. I was always yeah. on Shaw for like forever as a Bell employee. Yeah. And I finally thought like we had some sort of employee discount or something like that. And I finally said, okay, you know what? I'll do this. And I probably switched over like two months before we all got canned. So, and then I think it was on a two-year thing or something You don't have the like discount? That. And now my building, now my building that I'm in, I think the best internet, the highest speed internet I can get is with Bell. But I will commit to you folks that if there's any way that I can change it, um, I certainly right. miss my Shaw PVR. The PVR for Bell absolutely sucks compared to the one that I had at Shaw for all those years. I'll say this, the Shaw remote where you can speak into it and um, it tells you the channel, that's way better than the Bell remote. I like, my favorite thing about the Bell, I have Bell TV at home, the Five TV app on Fire Stick. I have like three Fire, three Fire Sticks at home. I can watch as many uh, TVs as I want. And that's, that's good. So again, just go with whoever gives you the best deal. Both companies have their... Everyone's going to screw negatives. you in the end, folks, and the service all sucks, so just do what well, you got to do. <laughs> you know, it was a couple of weeks ago that uh, Rogers was down and screwed everyone, and this time, you know, I was like, ah, we're not on Rogers. Yeah, we don't even have Rogers here, although my cell phone was down the whole day. But uh, here, yeah, we had Bell Internet down yesterday. Well, and, and Rogers was trying to buy Shaw, or that was happening. So I yes. mean, I'm sure that will end up being an inferior product at some point soon, so... Um, again, uh, enough internet talk today, and we're probably no. This is what people want. Out. This is what people are here for. <laughs> the end of the show, where we just talk about whatever. I do want to bring up a couple things. One, um, you told me that you played the game Fall Guys, which oh, my yeah. ears perked up. You're a big Fall Guys guy, so I was like, hey, if people in chat want to get on a big Fall Guys, I think we could get sixty people for a WST. I think there's 60 people who would play that, Fall Guys. Well, no, no, I play it on my computer because I it, got this computer before. But essentially, is that game also for like PS it's cross, and Xbox? It's cross and everything. PS, Xbox, computer, it's everything. So you could all play together. Well, and, we, and that's we'll how be, games we'll should be. We'll be into that. We, you know what? We'll do We'll do a little stream night one time where we can get everyone been, jumping in and making, been, hap, making it happen. Dying to do a, a game stream. 
I'm waiting for the new NHL. We don't know any information about it as well. But uh, uh, whatever, er- Eric, Eric, and Chad, I want to talk about the NFL yeah. Blitz you Arcade up. Well, much like the uh, like the I don't know. Can you see the uh, NBA Jam? NBA yeah, Jam. there it is. Yeah. So that that's in effect. Um, it, and, and the most important the most important video game news that you tipped me off to last night, the twenty second of August, which I believe is a week ago yesterday, next Monday. The new PGA 2K23 drops, mm-hmm. so I might have to talk to my buddies over yeah. at HB Studios to see if they can come on with us. But uh, I will be in possession of that ASAP, and I hope I'm not sure whether it's cross-platform at all. But um, I'll be willing to uh, to go head to head with uh, with anybody. Okay, so the PGA, yeah, I would play that. But this NFL Blitz, I wanted to ask you. So they're bringing it back on arcade. And we have the jam game behind you. I'm very tempted to get this. But, um, you know, they so they took out late hits in the end. Remember how you could just, like, I don't know if you had a take on them not being able to, like, leg drop a guy after a tackle. It's not as fun. It's not as fun. That was a big part of the game that we loved. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. (laughs) So... You couldn't do like a frog splash on a guy after uh, after a play. We'll see how how it goes. I'm going to wait to see the reviews, but I believe this is Dan Marino uh, playing yeah. the game. Oh, T. Wills there. Madden sucks. Yeah, Madden disc is, did come out for the uh, early, I don't know if you had the special edition that you I bought and came out. I have no idea whether they did much to improve the game. Last year, I think, was the first year I didn't get Madden in probably the 15 years or so. I'm sure I'll get it this year. Uh, but I did laugh that... Some of the big improvements were real-to-life versions of the gritty dance where they would show you that Justin Jefferson had a different gritty I than saw that. someone like Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not sure that really moves the needle for me, but um, anyways, for, I'll get to the end zone first in Madden and then worry about what my dance is going to be. Well, I think there's a lot of issue. I tweet this out with sports games. I know people play them. Uh, I think they're just really focused on getting your uh, micro transaction money, like the ultimate team games, and they don't care about actual gameplay, and they care about dumb stuff like dances rather than you know improving franchise mode. And you know NHL, we don't know any information on it, so I'm looking forward to playing it. I buy it every year like a sucker, but again, it's August 16, and we don't even know who the cover is or anything. So we'll yeah, we'll wait and see. Well, anyways, WST Fall Guys stream and. You know, we'll definitely, we should definitely do some sort of a golf event uh, on uh, the new PGA game as soon as it gets out. And, you know, maybe next week while, uh, when you're away for a few days, I'll grab, uh, I'll grab one of the video game dudes on and we can talk a little bit about all the new sports games that are coming out right now. Yeah, we do have some actual legitimate sports questions and we should do some more like Q&A after. Someone says, where's the best place to see an NFL game? Well, I mean, I haven't been to all the stadiums. I mean, I'm very par- – if you're in Winnipeg, I mean, I'm partial to KC. That was how I became a Chiefs fan. I mean, you hit Pemina Highway, you drive straight for 11 or 12 hours. You're in Kansas City. You'll have an unbelievable weekend with great barbecue and great places to go. And the atmosphere of Arrowhead and the game day experience is unlike just about anywhere else because you've got two stadiums beside each other in the middle of, I don't want to say the middle of nowhere, but I mean, it's right off the highway. I don't know how many acres it is. You've got the K, like where the Royals play, and Arrowhead beside it. And on game day, you've got 60, 70,000 people tailgating hours before the game. 
so much to the point where you're standing right in front of the stadium and you basically can barely make it out because of all the grill smoke coming up. So um, as far as the NFL experience, if you want tailgating, great fans that are into the game, Kansas City would be right up there. I mean, hell, Viking games are awesome. Um, you know, you know how passionate the fans are there. Couple places I haven't been where I would love to. Seattle, although I'll wait till they're a little bit better. I think they're gonna stink this year. And um, I don't know if there's any other one. Green Bay. Green Bay is another spot where it is religion, great tailgating beforehand. Although there's lots of bars and restaurants around it, unlike Arrowhead, where you pretty much have to tailgate. So uh there would be a few options of uh, some of the best spots. Yeah, I've never been I've been to uh the Metrodome for a game and it was the worst. And the TC Bank Stadium, or where where did the college stadium where the Vikings played? Yeah, uh, was yeah, it yeah, TCF yeah, Bank Stadium? TC Bank, yeah. And I, I actually don't like going. I would only go to if I went to an NFL game. I would probably only go to a primetime game because, like, if you go to a new, I just want to know what's going on in my fantasy in the other games. Uh, like, I don't want what sit, phones are for you. I don't want to sit there watching one game. That's terrible. That's not <laughs> what NFL Sunday is about. It's about watching as many games as you can. At all times. So I'm only going to a primetime game if I have a choice. Gregory Liverpool says Dallas, of course, the GFL yeah, Dallas, is yeah. the Cowboys guide. Stadium's amazing. Lots of people aren't really paying attention to the game. But mind you, they're probably turning away from what the Cowboys do week in and week out. Good luck with Mike McCarthy this year, GFL. Um, we will get to some more NFL talk coming up. Hopefully get Andy on in the next couple days on the show as well. And one golf note. Tomorrow, we will discuss this massive all-hands-on-deck meeting PGA Tour players today. Big Cat, Tiger Woods getting on the PJ and flying in from Jupiter, Florida to be in the mix for it. Um, will be very interesting to hear what the reports are from that. So I'll get Feinberger Dubsy or one of the guys on tomorrow to talk about that as well. Um, Jeff Hamilton's going to jump on the program. I know it'll be very interesting to hear Jeff's thoughts on uh, what we heard from Mark Shifley today, looking ahead to the season, as well as the Bombers that just passed the halfway point with the first blemish of the season on the scoreboard. Listen, we got to get out because we got to get the podcast up for people for their drive home. Um, thanks to everyone for their patience, uh, especially with what happened yesterday with the internet outage, but a great show today. Congratulations again to Sarah Orleski. Thanks to Mike McIntyre for joining us. And of course, handsome Tommy Gazzola for popping on over from Edmonton as well. Appreciate all our sponsors. Support them if you can, folks. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast, and we'll catch you tomorrow, 1 p.m. right here on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.